0: In 2009, Avatar marked the return of James Cameron to science fiction, and went on to obliterate box office records. Today, we'll not only discuss the quality of the film itself and expectations of the long-awaited sequel, but also Avatar's place in pop culture. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment, I am Peter and joining me as always... Is Tara.
1: Greetings, citizens.
0: This is a science fiction movie podcast that we had together and we talk about a movie. It's really quite that simple. And on this episode, because the new one is coming out in just under... I mean, the time of recording is a couple of weeks. Uh, probably just over a week by the time you get this. Uh, and that is Avatar. Uh, Avatar, of the War is on the horizon. So we are finally doing the first Avatar. A film which I saw probably like five times in its first year of release. Most of them at the theater. uh, But I haven't really seen it since. So this is kind of uh, a weird... uh, It made me feel old, I guess is what I'm saying. Because I had that kind of weird feeling of like, I watched this a lot a long time ago, and I haven't in a long time. So I had that same feeling that I do when I watch a movie that I watched a lot as a kid. And I'm like, I shouldn't be able to feel about something like this that came out in 2009. What what, what Mm -hmm. age am I? This is insane. Uh, But obviously you saw this too.
1: I did. I only saw it once uh, before only once oh. yeah it came out when i was still in japan in the navy and so like i had to go to tokyo to see it in imax and stuff and <laughs> um i actually actually when i did see it because you know the movie is in english but is subtitled in japanese which you know it's fine for me i can watch movies that way but when the navi speak uh... i don't get english subtitles for that so this is the first time I've technically watched it and been able to know what the Navi said. I mean, I got it through context. Um, but yeah, I saw it in IMAX uh, in a Japanese movie theater <laughs> when it came out. That's uh, the only time I've seen it.
0: What, what a very specific experience. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yes, so we will start spoiler-free, just in case anyone <laughs> doesn't know Avatar and wants to get the spoiler-free impressions. And then we'll warn you before we go into spoilers and talk about everything that happens in the movie. But uh yeah um obviously this was a big deal for me when it was coming out because i grew up a fan of james cameron movies and it's kind of weird that just because of the weird gaps that he's taken in making movies between the last couple you know he came out with titanic when i was eight years old but titanic even though it's a well enough made movie it's definitely very different to most of his films right so and so it's true lies to be fair true lies is this like fun light-hearted action romp which is You know, the rest of his films, which are mostly science fiction, um, have a bit more weight to them than True Lies, but True Lies is a fun film. Um, And then Titanic's obviously this, like, historical, romantic epic on, on the boat, right? And it's so weird that when this came out in 2009, I had been waiting basically my whole life for a new science fiction James Cameron movie. So there was a lot of, like, weight in this for me, like, building up to it. Like, I was really excited, nervous. It was like, finally, a new Cameron movie. It's really the first movie that he's made in this genre, you know, really in my lifetime. I was two when Terminator 2 came out, so, I mean, that basically doesn't count. You know, I was a baby. Uh, So, this was a big deal. I mean, I don't know, like, how how excited were you at the time? Was it a big deal that Cameron was making a film again? If you were even paying attention to directors and stuff at that age, I don't know if you were.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always been a, a movie buff, probably... I don't know if you can count like really, really young. So I'd, I'd say probably since Jurassic Park, I've been a, a movie fan and director fan, mm. and uh, so I definitely was excited to see uh, Avatar and a new James Cameron movie. Um, but I had just so much going on in my life. It, the late 2000s, I really didn't get to go to the movies a lot. Um, I really tried to make the effort in for a lot of cases. And I knew for for Avatar that I wanted to see it specifically in IMAX, which is why I only saw it once because it was not an easy thing to get to. You know, I had to go take a train for an hour and Uh like (laughs) see it in order to see it at the IMAX screen. And, you know, but that's and that's the only way I saw it. So, um, yeah, I was definitely excited for a new Cameron movie.
0: I think what blows my mind now is it's actually been a longer gap between Avatar 1 and 2 than it was between Titanic and Avatar. And part of it just is getting older, that time goes by quicker. It doesn't feel like a bigger gap. It feels... Mm-hmm. Even though it's been a while, yeah. Like Everyone jokes that it's taken ages for... Cause especially since they well, announced...
1: Part, part of it's not his entirely his fault, anyway. I mean, the pandemic definitely pushed things.
0: Oh, sure. But they'd already announced a release date and pushed it like eight times by the time the pandemic happened. So it's not like... It's not like it yeah, was rushing was it supposed out. Supposed
1: to come out with, with the same time as the new Star Wars movies.
0: No, no, you're conflating different news stories. There was a, so there was a story that we're going to alternate between Avatar sequels and Star Wars movies, but that's when they were planning like the Ryan Johnson trilogy and like uh, the, the other trilogy from the Game of Thrones guys. So it was it wasn't the new Star Wars that we, we actually got. Uh,
1: mm. I thought I remember um, like. I thought I remembered that Avatar was supposed to was supposed to come out like during the Star Wars trilogy. That was already happening. I mean, well, the last one um, only came out last year. Or was it two years ago?
0: That was twenty nineteen. That was three years ago.
1: <laughs> it was three years ago. Rise of Skywalker.
0: Yeah, three years. it was twenty nineteen
1: what what does tie mean
0: anymore <laughs> i mean technically you're right and yes at some point it was scheduled somewhere in that six-year period because it had to have been but I, I don't think it was ever because because you know at the time disney didn't own fox so that was that's a more recent-ish development uh so there there was no ties between them all them they might have theoretically competed one year if it was going to hold its date but it kept getting pushed so it's, it's irrelevant like the the movie kept getting pushed and it made it feel kind of comical that it kept moving its release date and it's like how long is it going to take now in interviews in the last couple of years it's become clear that part of the reason why it kept getting pushed is because cameron was determined to develop new technologies to actually he wanted to do motion capture underwater which wasn't possible and they developed like how to do it over the course of making these sequels which you know they've shot two and three together i think they've even shot a little bit of four uh, as well but obviously they've not done the effects for that yet uh, and there's so, and obviously not finished effects for three either. I'm sure that's still in post production. But um, the you know, the, the, and that was kind of true. The first one, part of the reason why Avatar took so long, is because all the cameras that record in the 3D format that goes into the, the you know the system that's used now for 3D, like they were developing that tech along with Avatar. Um, a few other movies got out first because you know there were smaller movies that was able to like make their movie and t- like so quick, like Fail Destination Four and I think, like, one other movie, uh, basically were able to rush through, compared to, like, how long Avatar was getting made, that even though they were using technology that was being produced while Avatar was being made, they were able to finish their movie and get out first in, like, 2009 before Avatar did. So, it's it's a really interesting kind of, like, race because of these technologies, and Cameron uh, seemingly is just like, no, we're doing something new, and I'm not making it until we can do the new thing. So, it's like we're going to sit and develop the technologies to pull it off but the the flip side of that is is that he's basically written like four avatar sequels and he was he just said this past week oh i've got ids for a six and a seven should the world want them and i'm like well let's <laughs> let's wait and see let's wait and see you mad bastard
1: this he want? i mean yeah i think he's always been open like this is supposed to be his star wars right like he wants to, he wanted to build this this big world and this universe outside of earth and have it be uh yeah his big you know magnum opus epic
0: it's uh it's 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 interesting for a number of reasons and i think it's, it's you know one of those conversations we're about to have i think and probably right now given that we're talking about these potential sequels and the big saga that he's perhaps going to have built um and he's been allowed to at least entertain the notion of because avatar broke all sorts of silly box office records when no one really saw it coming no, no one including me at the time like I did not think it was going to do I thought it would do well I didn't think it was going to beat Titanic because nothing came close to Titanic that, that was the joke at the time is that no one had come close to touching Titanic's number and then not only did Cameron come by come back and beat his record he smashed it by almost a full billion like th- that was the insane thing about how well Avatar did at the time um, so
1: yeah it has to be because of the worldwide success of Avatar as well I mean, I imagine Titanic was just was was very much uh, this huge epic about a bunch of white people. But I think you know the appeal of an alien world is more interesting for you know overseas audience. Plus, just the spectacle of it, you know.
0: I mean, b- both numbers are worldwide. Like we're talking about the worldwide record, r- regardless. But yeah,
1: Avatar. Well, yeah, of course. I'm just saying, like, I it, I bet it's because it just appeals to more people to go see it and more frequently like see it more than once even
0: yeah well, well that's the thing though titanic had repeat business that was like the weird thing about titanic is that people kept going back I, and seeing well, it every weekend i remember weekend.
1: being in middle school and all the girls going back and seeing it at the theater. Yeah. and these are people who didn't go back and see it the same movie
0: yeah so so repeat business was a big part of both of those movies um like the, the, the yeah they definitely had different things Their titanic was this romantic film so because it kind of lasted for like two months until uh, valentine's it got this extra bump again because it was romantic season uh avatar was this thing where it was the novelty big 3d movie that was kind of there to show off the tech but it was also this big film over christmas and all these other reasons but uh, ultimately it was this huge like success that no one really predicted and it's almost to the point where there's this weird pressure on the second one to, to like do something big and i don't think it's going to do what the first one did i think it's impossible but then i thought the first film success so was either. impossible so
1: well i don't think so either i mean i i would say like as a avatar defender as we'll get into i i think that you know people kind of malign the first movie even though everybody went and saw it and most people it seems like they saw it multiple times but like it, since Since that movie came out, uh, like it goes from like a high ranking film for most people and it's just gone down. And I don't know why. And it could just be bitterness over how long it's taken for us to get a sequel and to care about the characters again. And I don't know. I I just I don't think so. I I, I I, I don't because of that, though, like I I hear people, you know, all the time. Saying like they're not interested in the new movie.
0: I think I disagree with something you just said there. I don't think it went down over time. I think there was people who were adamant against the Avatar the second it came out. Like I remember the online reception to it back in two thousand nine, and ever since it came out, there has been a constant discussion of how it's the biggest movie of all time financially. Uh, technically, Endgame kind of beat it, and eventually, but like you know, whatever. That's that's irrelevant now. That I mean, it took it took almost how many years did it take for something to even beat titanic and become number two it took a while right it was one of the big superhero movies that was probably avengers or one of them anyway but the, the one of the, the ongoing discussions because avatar is this big movie of all time is how little is actually in the pop culture zeitgeist versus other big things and i think that's a fair interesting conversation to have is i don't think that like pandora and the 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 uh the Navi and the things that are in Avatar are anywhere like in the pop culture in the same way that anything that's made half as much money is, and it's kind of weird. It's this kind of weird anomaly that it's this huge, huge thing that made so much money, but there is no way you can tell me that. That is, any- that
1: is a good point. Yeah,
0: yeah no- nothing in this film you can argue, and this is not about my opinion on the film. This is just like a, a cultural sort of like observation. Nothing's as, as iconic in this as other Cameron films never mind you know superhero movies right now or you know like the the you you, there's that old Spielberg thing where it's like his most famous character is Indiana Jones and the reason for that the way he puts it is that you can do a silhouette of Indiana Jones and people know who it is and they'll get excited because it's Indiana Jones because all you have to see is a silhouette of the hat you know the guy wearing the hat and maybe a bit of the whip and you've That's got like india jones do
1: right like they know they they have to every character they draw has to have a familiar silhouette in order for it to, yeah to for people to like get into the show yeah. even or get into the character
0: and and i'm not saying that the i mean i'm not, I'm not saying i couldn't recognize a navi like on one of the flying birds like, in silhouette because it would like what else would it be but it's you know it's not the same as like other things like I, I think even though the last four terminator movies have all been terrible to, or well Dark it wasn't terrible, but, you know.
1: The, Medium to terrible. Yeah. yeah. Th-
0: like, the idea of the Terminator is still more iconic and still more in pop culture than anything and Avatar. And that's a very interesting, like, thing to think about. And I think it's a really curious thing to get into the second one and seeing, like, how is it going to perform? Is this second one going to, like, maybe crush that threshold and maybe make some of these things more of a... Just more pop culture, like inclusive than, than it has been up until now but I mean, this is probably a conversation we'll be having at the end of this review i'll start before we even talk about how we feel about the first movie but uh we just kind of naturally went into it because we we're talking about the success of the first one and whatnot. but uh, it's i think it's a really interesting thing to to look at and i think part of it maybe falls into one of the things that i think is probably the biggest criticism of the first movie which we're definitely going to talk about in a minute uh which is that it's story's pretty Typical, it's, you know, it's just kind of just a redo of your sort of dances with wolves, Pocahontas-style plotline. And I think my hope got into Avatar 2. And again, why we're having this conversation before we talk about the film <laughs> rather than after, I don't know. But my biggest hope for Avatar 2, uh, th- which is fueled somewhat by Cameron's past, is that two of the best sequels of all time are Aliens and Terminator 2, which James Cameron made. <laughs> and... You know, obviously, I think, and, you know, to give my, my first opinion of Avatar here, I would say that, yes, The Terminator and Alien are both better films than Avatar. So it's not the complete most fair comparison ever. Um, and I don't necessarily think that both those sequels improved upon the first one. I, I am someone who thinks The Terminator is better than Terminator 2, especially now that I've gotten I'm older. i
1: also one of those people, yes.
0: And I still love T2. That's not but bashing. Like a smidge. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bashing T2 by any means. Right?
1: No, I, I like the sa- more cyberpunk of the first one.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I do think it's interesting, though, that like Cameron's been on the record as saying, yeah, the first one's got a really simple story because the whole idea is that it's this really complex world that he wants to like go into and the sequels and stuff. So you make the first story be more accessible and more simple. And yeah, logically, that makes some sense. Um, so I am very fascinated to into the second one to see, OK, can you take all these pieces you've set up in the first film and do like something that feels more like a special story in part two i'd be very i'm you know I'm, I'm genuinely curious like the visuals we know you've got down because i don't think anyone's going to argue the first film is largely quite pretty and beautiful at times uh and we're, we're not going to talk about that in a minute and the trailer for the second one again looks like it's beautiful looks
1: gorgeous it's yeah. got the,
0: it's got the music uh obviously a little bit different composer because james horner passed away uh between the first and second movie but
1: love the score of the first movie
0: yeah uh yeah even with the critiques that are kind of rightly in place because uh, it, it sounds great uh the score but mm-hmm. it, he, he does use a lot of things that he's done before in other films like those comparisons there's, to
1: yeah there's definitely a familiar score at the end of it but like when the emotion stuff hits like
0: yeah it it's hard there's little motifs that sound exactly like it wasn't a film that i'd seen but someone put a com- comparisons up to like a previous james horner score uh, and it's got this little flurry in the brass. It's like, oh, that's exactly what yeah. this other thing's did. And then,
1: I, yeah, I know exactly which part you're talking yeah.
0: about. And there's also remember the movie though oh for sure and there's also a bit near the end where things like the actions gearing up and like this metallic drum starts and i'm like that's aliens i can hear aliens in the soundtrack right now <laughs> so you know it, it, which is fine well, all you com- don't know uh,
1: james cameron been like you remember that thing in aliens do something kind of like that but you know make it new
0: <laughs> yeah i mean all composers do this all composers use their own tricks and go back to the toolbox that they've already used Yeah, that's uh, how
1: we know it's them
0: but James Hardner is a bit more egregious with it than others like because even like when he did Titanic that was right after he did Braveheart and there's a lot of crossover in those two scores and you can hear it you know so um it's a fair critique I think of the music even though it sounds great obviously in in the film uh but um yeah so no so i, I am fasc- I'm fascinated to see if the sequel can take these toys and the toy box that cameron has now made and give us the special like you know basically what i'm hoping for with way of the water is i want terrifier 2 to terrifier 1 i want the expansion that makes it deeper that makes it more meaningful that adds extra layers to it that weren't there the first time that's what i I want
1: five hours
0: (laughs) (laughs) i believe it's three hours and 20 minutes the uh the The new movie yeah the new one
1: I've got uh, two tickets for both Friday and Sunday. Sunday, I'm seeing it in IMAX. So I'll have, but I, I don't want to wait till Sunday. So I'm going to see it on Friday also <laughs> in like a regular small theater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now super, super pumped and all that. But which is all they say, you know, this has all been, I think so much of the talk around avatar is like, you know, external to the movie itself, which is what we've been kind of talking about as a success and the, the culture around it and stuff. Um, so finally to ask the question, especially now after having, I guess, you know, two part this, um, how did you feel when you saw it originally? And how did you, how do you feel now watching it again, you know, over a decade later?
1: Yeah. Originally I was completely blown away by the technology I had never seen a 3D movie before. I know it was kind of a dated thing that had its time and went away. And maybe even now <laughs> you could say that about 3D movies. But watching this in the IMAX theater in 3D, d like I remember the point where like ash was coming down, was raining and just being so amazed by how realistic and good it looked in 3D. And it was so bright and colorful. Nothing felt like it was dull because of 3D, which is something I feel about a lot of films later and just 3D technology in general. Um, it was just, it was so vibrant and beautiful. And um, I, I I left the theater thinking that was quite a ride. Like a, that was an experience. And I'm so glad that I had that experience. And yeah, you're right. Almost instantly the criticisms of, oh yeah, but it's basically this story. Like, yeah, okay. So you let's like, Dances with Wolves, Pocahontas, gully. Yeah, I, I get it. It's all a very familiar story about like colonizers versus you know the natives. But um, this is definitely better than all of those, and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Like it's okay to do that. Like we watch Twilight Zone and we get like ten of the same storyline in in different episodes and but like one of them is definitely better than all the rest it's not necessarily the first one you know it's uh, it's okay to use something that's uh, familiar and make a new story out of you're, it you're look don't... how many Pinocchios we got this year <laughs> and one of them is clearly great apparently
0: you're, you're not <laughs> going to get much argument from me although I think you're going to catch some heat for saying it's better than Pocahontas from some people
1: <laughs> <laughs> look I am also a Pocahontas defender I that movie's great (laughs) and uh, I cry every time (laughs) that movie comes on um but and I will defend its music um sure there are some things in there that are definitely indefensible but I do like Pocahontas a lot and uh, but yeah uh, (laughs) Avatar is definitely better than all of them and (laughs) I'm I'm a defender of it because yeah even watching it now I I cried like three times watching it I got real emotional at parts I just love the characters. I think um I think Sam Worthington is great. Uh, I think he's a he's a great actor in this. He, you know, he never really became a superstar, which is yeah, it's fine, you know, if this is just his niche <laughs> is playing Jake Sully, then I get it. Uh, I love the idea of Cameron taking a marine, which he really likes to write marines, space marines, <laughs> and uh giving it to somebody who has the look, has the right look, has the attitude can, like um, pull off that attitude, but there's just something about him that's underlining sweet. You know, there's just a sweetness to him that he can't quite uh, remove. Yeah, from yeah himself.
0: but you gotta admit though, if Michael Bean was younger and he could still be cast in the role,
1: <laughs> I'm sure he would have been great.
0: Yeah, he'd have been Bean perfect. Also
1: has that like badass but you know he's that's what he's i mean yeah sweet. that's he what got i'm a sweetness saying this yeah. to him so i i think that uh sam worthington is great as jake sully and which is good because you know we follow him throughout the whole movie it's his perspective um and as well as a supporting cast i think everybody's very powerful in their performance and i love those blue cat people like i can't help it they're right and pandora like uh, the world that they create is just incredible and then like you think you think it's this beautiful world full of magic and then you see it at night and you're like oh my god this place is amazing i wish it was real <laughs> anyway do you like the movie <laughs> that that
0: was uh I, i'm going to come off silent the negative one given how glowing a praise <laughs> that was and i like avatar i will defend avatar for many reasons um i would not say sam martin is great i would say he is serviceable in the movie i think he's fine i don't think he, you know i think he's a bit plain i understand why he's not become this big leading man in hollywood they tried it a little bit for like a year or two after this came out and it just it did not go anywhere and i think the reason why is he's just a bit he's a you know he's a, just a what's the word i'm looking for uh maybe plain is the right word i don't know <laughs> but um he's fine like i it doesn't bother me certainly um I think Cameron has a tendency to have a little bit of cheesiness in his movies, as much as I love him. And obviously I love, like, Aliens is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, the Terminator is very close up. It's definitely in my top 10 movies of all time. So he has a lot of, like, cred with me. And I love a lot of what he does. But he does have little cheesy elements and moments that are a little on the nose. And there's definitely some of that in this. And we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, you yeah, know, there's the odd little bit of dialogue from from uh, Sully, uh, Jake's, car- uh, Jake's car- Jake Sully's his name, uh, like from Morelton's character Sully uh, that come off a little bit cheesy and like, you know, uh, I might even say try hard. I think Cameron isn't trying hard when it comes to that sort of stuff. It feels like he knows it's cheesy. He doesn't care. He likes it. <laughs> He's going to have them say it anyway. Uh, yeah, this
1: is what's worked for him in movies yeah. throughout his career.
0: But I think there's been better actors to deliver those lines than Sam Morelton. Willing- uh, I think Sam Walton comes off a little bit like um it comes off as a bit of a TV actor I guess and maybe that's a bit of a harsh statement but he comes off as a bit of a TV actor to me. Was
1: was he a TV actor wasn't he? He may like have been. in some sort of uh sword and sandal show.
0: Uh that sounds plausible I have no idea. But I I I like the movie a lot. I do think the spectacle is great. I think the best thing about it is its direction. Uh, One of the things that I was really thirsting for in 2009 that I think this delivered on, and I was reminded of it watching it again now, is especially the last like 20 minutes or so, is the action is so well directed and easy to follow despite everything that's going on. Cameron just knows how to handle that stuff Mm -hmm. and it looks good. Um, The effects look by and large still excellent. Um, I do think that some, some of the stuff when it's just the CG people like walking around and talking to each other, Some of that has aged a little bit, but what still sort of gets me is when I'm watching it is even just like the ship arriving at the planet at the start is like that stuff like fidelity wise is still just like so head and above what CG you get in movies today. Mm -hmm. It just looks stunning. The arrival to the planet, the floating mountains, all that stuff. All of it just looks really good and it feels really high class and part of me, and I remember thinking in 2009, oh, he obviously Cameron's a little ahead of the curve, but what's so funny is that I feel like most big budget movies have actually regressed. In the last decade, you know, Marvel movies, you know, their effects—they like, don't try very hard with the effects. They, they're like, ah, oh, they're like, oh, you know what? We get away with just half-assing it, so they're just half-ass. And I'm not—I'm not saying the people animating it are half-assing it. I'm saying the people making the decisions are half-assing it, and how much time they give to the animators and how much they pay them. That's what I'm saying. They half-assing us. So don't take that as a critique of the people actually crunching away until late hours of the night, making sure things are done on time. Is I'm not saying they're half-assing anything. I'm saying. The decision making is half assing, like the effort and time that goes into it, because they want to make deadlines and whatever other shit. Whereas Cameron clearly, F your deadline, we're pushing this for years and years until we are ready to release my magnum opus.
1: Don't worry, I'll make I'll make five more. It'll make all its money back.
0: <laughs> so, I think it looks great. I think the visuals are great. I think the music's really good. Um, I it has a. Pretty solid cast. There, there's obviously, there's people who are better than others. Um, Zoe Sardana is very good. Um, I don't think I knew who she was at the time, but Zoe Sardana, like Natiri, her mother is played by C.C.H. Pounder. C.H.
1: Pounder, yeah.
0: Uh, who I know mainly from The Shield because she's great in that show. Um, but she's obviously popped up in a lot of things over the years. Uh, I think Stephen Lang is great he
1: is definitely the standout for me from the film
0: he's a little cheesy at times but he is so good at playing the cheesy like american military dude like he's He's such a great like
1: cameron character also yes you know because like i said before he's he loves writing about you know space marines and just just him holding a coffee mug while they're like flying around and, and doing, you know, you know,
0: bombing stuff. Yeah, stuff. yeah.
1: And just like so casual, like, yeah, go ahead, sip, sip. Oh, of <laughs> my It's such a great little detail that just brings out so much character.
0: One of my favorite little details in this movie is when they all arrive in Pandora early on and he's giving them a, like, he's giving all the military people that have arrived a speech. They're all the newcomers, you know, Pandora is worse than Vietnam and all that shit, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's a soft of thing where, I think it's really obvious now that I've noticed it, but I don't know how obvious it is if you've not noticed it. But the background when he's given this speech, did you notice anything about it in this room? It's like blinds that are behind him. Did you notice anything about the way the shot's framed?
1: Um, I can't say that I did. Is it like aliens when they're having their meeting before going back out there?
0: No, no, so the blinds, because of where this big, like, the back of, like, a a machine in the the wall or something, I don't know if it's, like, the back of a computer screen that's up in the wall, or if it's, like, uh, just some, you know, ventilation system or whatever, whatever it is, but Mm -hmm. it takes up, like, this sort of top corner, and it looks like he's standing in front of the American flag when he's giving a speech. (laughs) It's, it's, like, it's kind of subtle because it doesn't jump out at you, but once you've noticed that you're, like, goddamn, Cameron, you're really, like, hammering this home, like... And what's so great about <laughs> it funny. is that this room later on when Sully's, like, starting to, like, question his loyalty a bit, the scene where uh, Stephen Lye, oh, what well, I've never learned these characters name Quadrich, right? The scene where he comes in and first says, hey, you're not, like, uh, getting lost in the trees, are you, soldier? Like, that scene happens in front of this this makeshift American flag where he comes in and he's, yeah. uh, he's representing the country, he's representing the man and the system. And I think what's so interesting about comparing it to aliens is because there is some natural comparisons to make just in the fact that it is space marines and stuff like that, is that in both, there is like a villainous sort of side to it, the corporation side of it that wants to make money. And I think what this movie obviously makes the, the colonial marines more villainous in that you've got this like, you know, very like pro-gun, like we're going to come after the savages and, and do this. Whereas in aliens, inherently the marines aren't villainous because... Oh, because the aliens themselves are also this force that came in and killed people so they're also alien to this world right Mm -hmm. (laughs) like so they're also villains whereas here it's the natives here it's and a lot of the language is used here is very intentional they're calling them savages repeatedly i think at one point rabisi refers to them as blue monkeys which really stuck out um there's a lot of just like dehumanizing and like no they're 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 not living sentient beings they are animals they are savages that that we're going to take our thing from uh, so right. there's, a, there's a lot of commentary. There's a lot of like, it's very obvious. Don't get me wrong. It's not like buried deep or anything. Like, it's, it's wearing its message on its sleeve, but it, it is there. And there's a little bit of an environmental message as well that's kind of sprinkled uh,
1: mm-hmm, Totally. I mean, especially you hear little bits of it about like what Earth is like current day. Well, I watched the extended cut. Oh, okay, because like yeah. yeah, I've never I didn't even know there was an extended. cut. Yeah, it, I just watched the Disney Plus
0: version, it which is theatrical. It came out a year later on like Blu Ray and stuff. So I made I intentionally because you can buy it on iTunes. You can you've got the option of buying the regular cut or the you don't get them together annoyingly because the Alien movies all you get both when you buy them. So you get just picked every time you watch it. But if you buy the extended cut, you get about an extra fifteen or so minutes, and a lot. So it's at at the start of the movie. You know, it starts with a shot of, like, flying over Pandora, and he's like, you know, when I was shot in the stomach, when I was, you know, in the Marines, like, I started dreaming of flying, right? Uh, And then it, like, cuts straight to him waking up in the cryo sleep, right on the way to the planet. Mm -hmm. Extended cut? No. He wakes up on Earth, and we get, like, you know, 10 minutes on Earth. Uh, Whoa. introducing Sully uh, some of his narration from this part of the earth is actually still in the theatrical cut when they're like arriving but it's just it's, it's more contextually in the earth part of the movie Um, and we see him at a bar uh, and like some guy like slaps his girlfriend and he goes over even though he's in a wheelchair and I, th- I was getting really ready to cringe because I thought oh god this is going to be really awkward where he tries to like stick up for her and the guy's going to get you know like ableist or, or just be a shithead uh but instead of doing that he doesn't even talk to him he just pulls his stool away so the guy falls down and he throws himself on tops of him and starts punching the shit out of him and it just kind of sets up like who he is as a character uh and you see him like going down the street so you, see, you actually get a shot of like an earth street and like all the people on the neon lights and stuff so you actually get to see a little bit of future earth it's a little blade runnery and stuff uh it was really interesting there's a couple of other things from later yeah, as well cool. uh but I also laugh because hes he lives in what looks like a closet, right, in terms of width. But he's got, like, an 80-inch screen with the news on it. <laughs> like, could he even see all the screen from side to side because he's so close to it? He's, like, too close to this screen. It's too big.
1: <laughs> yeah. What movie was that? Oh, that was, like, Fahrenheit 451 or something where they're mm. like, we need to get a fourth TV, which means, like, the whole wall is a TV. So.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> ba- Yeah, that's basically what it is. Um, yeah, yeah uh don't get me wrong i'd love a tv that size but if, I, if i'm sitting like two feet away from it it's, I, I, it won't fit in my vision like i can't see it all <laughs> uh
1: you gotta get immersed in so, those
0: yeah. uh, there is like one snippet of it that is in the theatrical cut but th- it came later when he's like talking in the narration about his brother dying you get like a quick snippet of him looking at the body in the yep. extended cut you actually see the context of like the guys coming in like you know, getting them and like taking them to his brother's body so you get a bit more of, of that it's, it's interesting it's kind of interesting little extra segment and there's a few other things later on which i'll talk about in spoilers but uh like that do was you, a big thing at most do school. you
1: feel like the extended edition has improved the film for you i or think it's one a, of those things where like i'm a fan so i'm just gonna enjoy this version of it <coughs> but like the theatrical one is what i became a fan of I think it's a better
0: introduction and I think seeing Earth a little bit and it just looking like a dark played Runner style world helps the, you know, later on when he says something like, you know, Earth doesn't have any green anymore, um, like mm-hmm. because you see a little bit of like this, you know, Metropolis side of it at the start, I think it maybe helps. And I think, but what I would say is more important is that it helps, I, I think it's a better introduction to Silly as a character because I think in the theatrical cut, it's all in narration. It's all telling us things. Whereas in this extended cut, and I, it, obviously they were trying, because it's so long, they were trying to obviously cut out 15 minutes just to like make it shorter. I think in this extended cut though, it shows you his character a bit better. So it's not just him telling us. So I think it's a stronger start from a, just the way it tells a story perspective. Um... And honestly, when you're already at 2 hours 40-something minutes, going to 2 hours 55 is not really that big of a deal. <laughs> it's like, you know.
1: No, I agree. I thought yeah. it was going to be much more than that. I mean, usually extended editions were just like, they don't really have a whole lot of extra scenes. It's just scenes are kind of longer. I know?
0: I think there's probably a few of those, but I just didn't notice them as much because it's harder to like notice something new when it's like yeah. that, and I've not seen it in a while. Uh, there is like a sort of running thread that's introduced later that is sort of like, so there's like two or three scenes that are put in that sort of make up the thread. Uh, kind of similar in how in Aliens, uh, how they took out that Ripley had a daughter in the shortcut. Yeah. And then, but so you get the introduction to it, but you also get a couple of scenes later that reference back to it. There's kind of something like that in this as well, which I'll talk about. Hmm. Um,
1: that's really, that sounds cool. I'd like to, I'd like to watch that. Um, yeah. Just to see, like, because I, I thought that stuff where you just get little snippets of, you know, the world building for Earth was was very interesting and you don't like you said that one line doesn't come until much later so you're like oh wow there's no green left on earth interesting um, and I, when watching it this time I actually was surprised at how quickly the movie just gets into it you know mm. so it's interesting to hear that that's not the case with the original or not original with I think, the extended version
0: But I, 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 do what I also think it helps with I think see when like, you get cut to the because basically as soon as he wakes up you get to that exterior shot of the ship arriving at Pandora and he's like oh, this is Pandora, you know, I've heard about it, but I never dreamed I'd be coming here. And you get this great shot of this ship spinning as it's going towards Pandora, which is surrounded by, like, this large gas giant and, like, these other, like, smaller planets or moons. I think, even though it's only, like, 10 minutes, I think the fact that in the extended cut, he's on Earth and you see him living this miserable life where he's in this tiny, like, closet of an apartment and he's struggling and get, you know because when he has this fight in the bar he gets thrown out into the alleyway and when the the two like bouncers like throw his chair out after him it lands on his back it bounces off of his back and like he never seems like like beat up by it in the sense that he he just he cracks like a line to be, like you know like oh, you're losing a customer so he sort yeah of, he, he has a bit more personality but he also you see this the shitty world that he's living in so i think when they're arriving at pandora i almost feel like it feels like a bigger deal, like, oh, we've just mm-hmm. seen what he's left. So now this feels. I think in the theatrical cut, because it goes straight to that, it's like, oh, we're just already at Pandora. It feels like a bigger deal that they're going to Pandora, and just because we've been on Earth for five minutes, you know? That, it's a small thing. Well,
1: that's true. I mean, even you saying, like, you know, he basically lives in a closet with the TV in it. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting because, you know, when he gets to Pandora and you know, events happen, he's. And he's got this whole world that he can yeah, yeah. really race through. And it's... Uh, yeah, so that probably does mean a lot more to him. And not just about the whole paraplegic thing.
0: Yeah, and obviously that's a big part. And I think what I really... Because I, I was thinking about this a bit more as I was watching it this time, is that part of the reason why he is attracted to this other culture, uh, it's not just because he gets the hots for theory, although, you know, that's part of it, <laughs> obviously. Uh, I think this whole idea that... The reason why he's attracted to this other world's values and this this other civilization's values is because his civilization failed him. Right? There's a line early on. It's in the theatrical cut, although it plays at a different moment, um, where he says, "Oh, they could fix my legs, but not on vet benefits. Not in this economy, right?" So this idea that our system is, have, to have the money yeah, yeah is failing him, and even just the fact that he that was injured in the first place, the fact that he was a marine in the first place was our system, right? You know, our system put him in a situation where he'd whether he signed up because he needed the money or because he believed in fighting or whatever the system put him in that position he got injured because of that and now that he's hurt like yeah technically he could get fixed but again the system is holding him back the system is so it's not just the fact that uh, Giovanni Ribisi represents the corporation going to get the unobtainium which by the way He should have named it something different. No, he should have named it something different. It's too goofy. It's too silly. No, I love it. Everyone makes fun of it for all the right reasons. They should have picked (laughs) something that sounded different, but whatever. Um,
1: He likes his cheese.
0: But it's not just that they're going to, like, steal a resource, which obviously, you know, ties into oil and going to other countries for that. There's a lot of obvious things that's paralleling. But even just the idea that the economy and the system is failing the people on an individual basis back home, like uh, Sully and that he can't get this help um, yeah, like the as part of like the wounded vets, it.
1: which is something that, like, even Americans who are like, people shouldn't have free health care for some reason, are like, no, 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 wounded vets should be taken care of.
0: Hmm. So, I, you know, there's a lot of commentary in this, and it's, you know, it's the obvious stuff, but I think some of it, and I think that comes out a bit more in the extended cut, because you see these scenes on Earth, and you see how he's living, and you get the difference. Because I think in the theatrical cut, because you don't really get much of an introduction to him, along a bit of narration it kind of just does come across as and this works don't get me wrong but it's like oh he can't walk we see his skinny legs and then when he first wakes up in the avatar body he's like oh shit i can walk i can run and you know it's this magical moment for him as he start you can see the dirt kicking up as he's running in the ground um but i think the extra context where it's like oh it's more than that you sort of see because i think going back to aliens and talking about how the actual Colonial Marines themselves are sympathetic and we sort of still see them as people. Yeah, they've got a bit of machismo and they're kind of acting tough, but when shit hits the fan, we see the real humans come out and like, especially some of the characters that we connect to more, but Paul Reiser's character represents the corporate, like, cold, like, bastard side. Here, this film has a bit more layers to it in the sense that we get the, the devout Marine who believes in the system, who sticks up for it. And, you know, at one point, I think, uh, I think, uh, lang even calls the scientists limp dick tree huggers right Mm -hmm. like he says that at one point because it's all about machismo it's all about going to war it's about taking what we deem as ours uh we'll pretend that we're trying to do it nice i mean there's a line in the movie where he's trying to argue that he's going to like do this attack and he's like well use gas it'll be humane more or less like that you know he's it's like he just wants to do this he just you know he he wants to show the force you know he this is what he represents and Mm -hmm. um so yeah
1: yeah and like i i think getting stephen lang was just such a genius yeah yeah genius maneuver because like he's so good in this role yeah like he's great yeah this um this kind of tropey character honestly but like who cares because like he's so good at it he's so perfect and he's a badass marine who everybody gets behind because he he is the values of the military. You know, and, he, and he's also the kind of people that who <laughs> represent the military normally, like even in movies, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, he, he looks the part so much as well. He's, you know, I mean, he is built in the movie. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he's a lovely man, but like he looks, you know, he's, he's got that short gray hair, but he looks really tough and the way he can just sort of like. Like, just, like he probably has some of the most memorable lines in this movie just because the way he delivers them where you know i always re- like even though i hadn't seen it in 10 years like if you said quote me something from avatar the first line that comes out in my head is like that's taking the initiative son i wish i had 10 more like you like i always remember him saying that you know he, he's yeah. got all these little lines and it's just the way he delivers them uh, and he's kind of a badass but he's a badass for all the wrong reasons which makes him easy to hate and easy to like root for the the other characters to beat Um, But you
1: can see how like somebody coming from the earth that you've described who, you know, lives in this tiny little place and it has all the is surrounded by technology and like incredible achievements. But it feels so insignificant in it, um, you know, would be drawn to somebody who is, you know, so marine and like calling him son and making him feel like he's part of the club and manipulating him to do what he wants for his own gain which is to do more war like he's just a man obsessed with war because he's great at it
0: yeah uh and obviously we'll talk about this more later when we're in full spoilers and all that but he is apparently coming back <laughs> for the sequels so we'll see we'll see how that happens
1: I, I think i saw like sigourney weaver was also credited in it but anyway.
0: she's played she's played a different character though really yeah <laughs>
1: Well, we haven't said spoilers yet, so I don't know. I feel like we've already kind of spoiled some things, but like, it <laughs> is she like I, I was thinking about because what happens to her fate? Maybe she's still somehow tied to the world, and she can make an appearance that way. But I don't know.
0: Sure, uh, no, I think she's. I think she just played a different character, but uh, but it's obviously a a Navi, so it's like you get away with it a bit because it's like oh, they can change her face and you know.
1: Oh, okay. So. Look,
0: she just likes working with Cameron, all right? Like, like has other best the Kate Winslet's in the new one? <laughs> like, she's she's showing
1: up. Oh, she is. Yeah, she's in the I second have, one. I guess I haven't even really looked at the cast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, I I completely forgot there was a Kate Winslet song at the end of this because it started playing in the credits. I was like, oh, that's right, you got Kate Winslet. Oh, not Kate Winslet. Sorry, Celine Dion. That's what I'm missing.
1: Oh, that's
0: right. <laughs> you got Celine Dion back to do a song. No one brings this song up though. No one remembers it. <laughs>
1: no no it was probably still nominated for an oscar although much like
0: uh my heart will go on though it is set to the uh, like you know, it was based on the score for the movie like, you hear parts of the score in the backing track so it's this based on the movie music
1: because james cameron's one of my people he's a canadian and he knows he knows uh-huh. canadian royalty like celine Dion.
0: i i sure uh, <laughs> so, so it's funny actually uh, so Sam Worlington, I think, is Australian, and for the most part, he doesn't really show it in his accent. I, but th- I
1: definitely, I definitely there hear is. Now.
0: Well, I mean, there, I mean. there, well, what I was going to say is, there's one line where it really sticks out. There's one line that he shouts in this movie where his Australian just comes screaming out, and I guess it's because it's hard to shout and fake an accent at the same time.
1: I I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. That is interesting because I I've always felt like you know people when they. They speak in their native accents you know sometimes i can have trouble but if they sing in english i can understand them better yeah i think a great example is probably just like john lennon you know when he talks it's like you have to pay attention because that liverpool accent is so thick but when he sings like i i hear it is fine so like you would think shouting would be kind of like that i want some chicken and a cackle that's our accent <laughs> that's I th- isn't that your irish accent or something no it's not irish that's liverpool
0: I'm not good at it. Leave <laughs> <Liverpool. laughs> it I can't do accents, so leave, leave it for me I don't, I don't, I don't. not not my forte uh not my forte at all. um so yeah, all right, let's get just spoiler the warning then so we can talk about everything.
1: How we've been talking like forty five minutes <laughs> what we can play it what are you about? come on. No, I just we don't usually go this long with on the non-spoiler section.
0: Well, we had twenty minutes before we even started talking about the movie because there was so much other stuff to
1: talk around it. It's a big deal. It's a James Cameron movie. <laughs> don't do that. James Cameron. Wait, you don't like South Park.
0: I have. I have no. Nah, I don't really care. Did about you know South.
1: that was from South Park?
0: No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it even more now. That I know it's from South Park, though.
1: South Park's amazing. <laughs>
0: Who are you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not for me. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah. So, so I mean, I, I guess we'll just set up the rest of the characters. So, Obviously, we got Jake, uh, who's our main character, who is brought into the, the this program, the Avatar program, because his twin brother, much more successful by the sounds of it, is, a, a, you know, a multiple PhD scientist who was studying for this. And part of the whole program is that they have to build this, like, you know, Navi body that you're going to inhabit uh, out of your DNA and some Navi DNA. And you take control of it. That's why it's called Avatar, right? Uh, But his brother just is, you know, randomly killed. He's stabbed in a mugging. And because they're twins, he can connect with his brother's avatar. So because this thing costs so much to make, the military and government are like, hey, uh, we spent, like, you know, 10 million on this thing i mean and, i mean in this year maybe that's nothing maybe it's like more like 10 billion <laughs> you know whatever the exchange rate is like now uh but like you can do this so he's kind of roped into this and uh just kind of goes with it probably because he needs the money the movie doesn't dwell on it too much obviously once he actually does it and he realizes oh shit i can walk with these legs um it's interesting though i do think it's quite fascinating that Stephen lang also promises him that he will hey i'll get your legs fixed like if you spy on the navi for me and report back to me like mm-hmm. you know i'll be a man of my word i'll make sure you get your real legs back and it does kind of feel like you know he's
1: got both worlds that are gonna give him the thing that he wants
0: yeah he's yeah
1: to walk again yeah
0: i i kind of though like the, the way Stephen lang says it though does come off as a just a bit in the racist side uh, you know in context of the world not in a real world way but like like, your real legs, yeah. and not those stupid blue legs, like, you know, you'll have real, your real human legs, like, you know.
1: Well, part of it's also, I mean, like, the Na'vi refer to them as dreamwalkers, and the way we, like, see them go into the avatars, um, into their avatar, then it, it is very much like they go to sleep, and then their conscience is in another body having this other experience, much like. A lucid dream would be.
0: I mean, it's not even like it just is. That's this flat out how it works. They go to sleep and their their consciousness travels over to the avatar body, and uh, that's actually used as a mechanic as the film goes on. Where you know maybe the human body's in trouble because someone's coming after it, so it's like you know there's a push and pull there.
1: Does does it mean that when he gets back into his body that he's well rested?
0: Uh, or does
1: he have to sleep still?
0: I think he still has to sleep because that comes up in the movie a couple times.
1: He definitely has to eat yeah yeah he does fall asleep so he must be wore out
0: yeah yeah there's more there's more eating stuff in the mo- actually as well that's one of the things that's added there's, there's more stuff where sigone weaver's like forcing him to eat because like he's he's not eating he's like that you know you eating your other body like you need to take care of this one there's like a more emphasis on that <laughs> in the extended cut um, that would be
1: interesting i mean he'd have to eat like twice he have to always be eating right because when he has to eat as his human body but then his his avatar navi version has to eat also so he has to eat twice that sounds Twice fine. the amount of food. <laughs> You'd love to do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> Did you just call me fat? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd love to do that. I'm not, I'm not accusing you of it. That I'd also agree with. Yes, of course. I would love to do that. Most people would love to eat <laughs> twice the amount of food with I no imagine, consequence. I because mean, Navis are much bigger and they're way mm. more active, so they probably have to eat a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of fruit.
0: So, so that's very much his deal. So, there's a lot of stuff where he's like this, you know, military grunt. So the scientists, uh, you know, Sigourney Weaver's not happy that he's there first because, oh God, he's he's not learned the language. He's not learned how to like operate the the body or anything. Like he's a complete noob. And you know, part of that clash, it's almost like I think an intentional thing on Cameron's part in writing the script is that he wants Jake to clash with the scientists. as kind of almost like a small version of then what the main part of the movie is, is, like, the humans clashing with the Na'vi. It's the idea that even amongst the humans, he feels like an alien to these scientists because he's a military grunt, effectively, you know? Um, and hell, that's even something that's brought up in alien, as, you know, uh, Paul Rudd says, he can't make that choice, he's just a grunt. No offense. Like, that. that's a theme that has been in aliens already from Cameron, so.
1: I do also uh, really like the casting of Giovanni Ribisi in this. Because he kind of reminds me of like, you know, Paul Reiser wasn't really known for being a uh-huh. uh, skeevy, villainous kind of actor or and uh or perform, you know, in any of his roles. So it seems kind of like an odd choice to use him, but he ends up being perfect in that role. And I think Giovanni Rivisi is also kind of like, you know, he's just a likable little guy that we get in movies all the time. And, yeah, I don't think he's know, from, you know saving private ryan and stuff and
0: uh <laughs> i think i've gone in 60 seconds first to be honest but <laughs> i think it would be soon but you know it's just uh, it's a movie i've seen <laughs> uh, but uh i don't think he's as good as paul riser i don't actually think it's. i mean i think paul riser may be a bit of a better actor but i think it's there's so much more to set up in this movie that i think his character gets a little bit uh he's a bit he's a bit too thin compared to i think paul riser's character in aliens if i'm comparing the two
1: I don't know. I found him to be kind of memorable. Maybe because I always see him as this, like, likable little guy that we always root for. <laughs> uh, <I'm happy. laughs> Unless i Unless his character in, in Gone in 60 Seconds isn't like that, but... <laughs> nah, not really. He's, he's he's kind of the troubled little brother. He's the
0: reason why Nicolas Cage has to steal 50 cars in one night. Oh, fuck. Okay. Because he's, he's, he's in trouble with the wrong people. Uh-huh. So, so Nicolas Cage has to assemble his, like, car-stealing team, including Angelina Jolie to steal 50 cars in one night. So it's a fun... It's not, a, you know, high art, <laughs> but it's a fun movie. <laughs> I thought
1: you only like high art
0: films. I like many different types of films. How dare you? Um, I, I just have perspective and can, you know, be honest about what they are. Are you trying to...
1: Are you trying to say something?
0: i try trying to say sometimes you're a bit delusional. That's all, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Look,
1: I can't tell... I mean... I, I like what I like.
0: Yeah, go back and check out the Joy in the Morning review for an example of Tara being
1: delusional. <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie.
0: You're just ruining your credibility every time you bring that up. Don't bring it up because you <laughs> are going to have to fight with you in the comments about Avatar as it is. is. Don't, okay, don't well,
1: people, if, don't, if, you, if you disagree with me, watch the movie again before you say, like, because that movie's got a stigma attached to it, but, like, sometimes movies just age well and that's a movie that's aged well.
0: No, it hasn't. Tara's wrong on this particular issue. Just... <laughs> Trust me.
1: <laughs> Check out last week's ace.
0: You got Michelle Rodriguez in a fairly small role as a pilot named Trudy, who is you know she has a kind of the she's the sympathetic character who ultimately decides to like side with the the heroes because she doesn't like what's happening to the Navi. Um, I, I think she's fine enough in the movie. She's just very Michelle Rodriguez. I don't think she has that much of a character beyond just kind of like her function. Um, but she's, you know, like, I kind of feel like her and, to an extent, Rubisi, both probably, like, had more in the script to, like, really, like, give them more depth as characters. But I think they had to kind of, like, trim them down for time because there was so much going on. And, like, Rubisi as well, the the way he's set up is kind of, like, his villainous, like, corporate guy because he's playing, like, with the, 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 you know, the golf ball (laughs) and stuff. And he comes in. It all just feels a little bit like this is the quickest possible way to, like, do this.
1: I think you meet Rabisi's character before you meet Stephen Lane's character. So, like, I want to say he's more, like, set up to be the villain of the film. But then, like, a very obvious real villain shows up a bit later. And so, Rabisi kind of gets put to the side. I like Michelle Rodriguez in the film. I think she's, like, you see her in a movie, and she's almost al- always playing the same character. You know? Mm. Like, as soon as she shows up, you're like, I know who she is. She's tape cast for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but i do like her and I, I like her empathy um i think that's a good thing to have in the in the military you know the whole just following orders thing doesn't have to hold you know you can have an ethical stance and do something and she's there to like represent that yeah i, I kind of wish she's that cool.
0: we got a couple more scenes with her to set up that she was maybe going to make this choice because i feel like when she does make that choice like halfway through or it's like it's, a, it's not just actually it's, yeah, like the, the Home Tree thing actually is about maybe two thirds of that push. It's like I know we're in forty into the extended cut. But when she makes this choice to like not go along with it, you know, before that point and she has a couple of scenes talking to people, but there's not really much of an introduction to her that sets up that she's conflicted or or Yeah, you know. I
1: guess she she does come off as like she's the she's the military person that gets along with the scientist though.
0: Yeah. Uh so I you know, it, it's one of those things where I think some characters were just given, a l- and maybe they had more in the script originally. It wouldn't surprise me if the first script for Avatar was like 500 pages long or something with like that. And So
1: I'm assuming then there's nothing extra in the extended edition?
0: I don't think so. I don't know. Nothing stuck out as new with her. Uh, mm. So, you know, because there was a moment like later on when uh, some of her main characters have been like imprisoned for working with the Navi, and she's the, you know, Trudy's the one that breaks them out, and she comes in and is like, yeah, I'm breaking you out. And part of me felt like, oh, this, this could feel like a bigger moment. If this was a character who we weren't really sure how she sided or... Like, this could be like a big face turn moment where like, oh, this is a character who we weren't sure about. Who's was like, no, they're making this good choice now. But it's almost a disservice to it that she already turned away during the, you know, the, the, the bombing of the, the tree. Like, if she just looked conflicted during that scene maybe like this choice here would be like the moment where she's like okay you know what i feel guilt now i i want to like try and fix this you know you could maybe have a bit more with the, with the character in, in that way um but like and in, in the moment it's like it's, it's a fine little prison break type scene but like it's like yeah this could be like a like a, an f yeah moment that she's turning sides uh and i don't think it feels like that i think she's just too thin as a character for it to feel like a big like shift
1: Yeah, I guess so, because you're right. When she shows up afterwards, it's after we've seen her. She's already sort of defected from her orders. So it's not like, is she or is she? Because when she shows up with, like, the food to break them out of their little uh, containment thing is that, you know why she's there. She's there to to get them out.
0: So, yeah, it kind of robs that of any surprise or tension or anything. It's just, and if anything, it's uh, like, like. Go ahead. Wouldn't everyone like? Wouldn't? Wouldn't everyone know she like made this weird decision in the middle of the fight to like turn away and not get involved? Like, you think that everyone would be like, "Oh," but but, she
1: would also be locked up or not something. Not actually or locked or up, opponent, but just
0: that everyone would get like just the way she comes in. She's like, "Hey, buddy, it's been a long time," and he's like, sort of like <laughs> talking casually to her. I just like, <laughs> if anything you think we're, hmm, like I heard about you. You, 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 you're not following orders anymore. Like I don't know. Like it, it feels like it's there's a lot of people there but it feels like that's but that story would spread that one of the pilots kind of you know Mm -hmm. went off script during a mission but
1: I, i do like the moment that she um doesn't agree to to shoot at the the tree though because everybody is talking about it like it's just a tree like obviously it's a very big and beautiful tree that is sacred to the native people on this planet but like it is not but the, it's always described as just a tree. It's just a tree. You're just shooting at a tree. But she sees it as more than that. So, like, it's it's a nice moment that it's not just about, like, oh, I, I refuse to kill somebody. It's like I refuse to kill this living, you know, um, piece of the—it's wrong to do this to this land, not just the people.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously the colonialism stuff is, is there and, like, coming in and taking resources and— if they're on top of the resources, which they are in this case, oh, we'll make up a reason to make them the enemy, mm-hmm. so that we, then we can feel justified in wiping them out before we then just take the thing we wanted in the first place. You know, there's all, all that's kind of spelled out for you in the movie itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there's it, it's it's there. Uh, as far as other characters go, there's uh, Norm, who's the other scientist, who's uh, he's jealous at first of, of Sully because Sully's waltzed in, and so when Sully ends up just by a kind of accident you know gets involved in the theory and is taken to the home tree and all that like you know when, Sully, when norm finds this out he's he's like mm, i've been training for this like for the last 10 years of my life and this this a- asshole waltzes in here and <laughs> just like is handed on a platter everything he wanted he wanted to be the important one who like broke peace with the navi he wanted to be the one who you know uh, became one of the people <laughs> and all that
1: um, <laughs> yeah but he, he's a scientist which is Uh, obviously not a bad thing to be but i think the navi have already seen the scientists as people who are not willing to to change like they're there for for research and obviously they respect them but it requires more than just the logical brain to um to get into their yeah customs and culture and like the why of it all yeah uh, so, and there's actually so one of
0: the things that's in the extended cut, and since I'm you know we're going to bring up Netiri now, played by Zoe Saldana, who's the main navi that we get to know, who is sort of the love interest for Jake, is that the extended cut has an extra element to her character, uh, and I think the the one moment that's still in the theatrical cut, I assume, but it's been all have seen it. Uh, you can tell me if it's there when they go and visit the school that they had for uh, the navi, uh in the jungle and you know it's set up that uh, there was more peace before and that the reason why a lot of the navi can speak english is because sigourney weaver was teaching them in school and then the was like a, a younger pupil she was like a you know because they've been here for like a good decade or something like that so the was like a high schooler or whatever going to school with sigourney weaver and uh, when they visit this like you know like abandoned little school hut is there bullet holes at one point that jake looks at he said like, i notice some bullet holes
1: i don't i
0: don't no? think so there. okay i thought they may still be in the theatrical cup but so they're in the extended cut so that's just a little snippet in that scene that you know one sees these bullet holes and then it's brought up um so it's an extended version of a scene that's already in the theatrical cut. uh when i think it's when like sigone weaver's like showing him, like so this is the the clan leader this is his name this is the the spiritual leader this is the, you know, the interior's mother blah, blah blah that scene keeps going in the extended cut where it's like norm showing his jealousy and uh, he says something about, oh, you would know that if you trained or whatever. And then Sully turns and looks at him and goes, yeah, well, I've got a, a date with uh, the Teary here. <laughs> and, with the chief's daughter, yeah. yeah. And uh Sigourney Weaver's like, oh my God, it's like kindergarten, like both of you shut up. And mm-hmm. uh, so, I think Norm says, oh, and the tiri has got a sister. And Sully goes, yeah, well, I'll date her too. And he's sort of still rubbing it in. And then Sigourney Weaver goes, yeah, you can't, she's dead. And it's like this like, downer end to the scene. And that sets up this other element to the character, right? And I was like, okay, that that, that was the moment where I went, oh, this definitely wasn't in the theatrical cut because I did not know <laughs> Terry had a sister.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's new to me.
0: Uh, and it's followed up later on when there's an extra scene where he's come out of one of these like, trips. And this is like, you know, when he's been going for a while with a Navi. And this is the scene where like, Sigourney Weaver's like, no, you need to eat something. Like, you know, uh, make sure you eat. Like, you're not feeding this body properly. And there's a little bit of that in the theatrical cut later where, like, he, like, forced, like, eats, like, some scrambled eggs or something before he goes back in. And she's like, no, you need to eat. And he's like, all right, fine, I'll just shovel it in quickly. He's determined to go back in. Uh, but this one's, like, less funny. This is, like, a more sort of dour thing where he just like, looks depressed and he doesn't want to eat. And she's like, no, eat. And he says, okay, what happened to the school? Like, he looks at some photos of the school and, like, she's with the kids. And she's like, what happened to the school? And it turns out t v sister was a group of, was was with a group the V who actually burned a bulldozer that was, like, taking down some of the trees. And the military came to the school and shot the the group responsible for burning the bulldozer down, including the Tiri sister. And the Tiri saw it. Uh, so it sets up this, uh, you know, this, this sort of more it's tragic yeah, yeah. backstory side to this. Um, and it's one of those things where I think you can critique it maybe for, you know... It be, and this was maybe the problem with the start of the theatrical cut is that a lot of the expositions in the narration, and it's not a lot of show while it's like telling us this backstory i think the more interesting part of it is that it shows um jake's reaction to hearing this and like finding out and the way he responds to it is like the the important part of the scene uh mm-hmm. and because i think this is the part where he's still kind of working for the military he's not really like sort of switched to like not doing it for them yet and i think this is one of the first big moments in the, the extended cut where he's maybe like doubting that he's like doing this for the right people and so there, there is like an important plot beat there for him as a character.
1: Yeah. Cause you sort of see him as like split personality almost, you know, like he's when he's playing, uh, the Davi, like he is in that world and he, be- he's acting like he's always going to be in that world. Uh, especially later on when he knows like his, his time is up, but like, he still, you know, wants to take a wife and stuff like that. Like he's just making long-term plans, you know, <laughs> but, um, and then when he gets out of that world, he's like, you know, he's talking to um, Stephen Lang. <laughs> I don't remember his name either. Cor- Colonel Cor- Colonel Cor- Stephen Lang. Quartich. 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 Quartich? I think Quartich is right, yeah. Not a name that I'm really familiar with, so I guess I don't know any Quartich. The Colonel. Just call him the Colonel. That's fine. Colonel. Colonel Lang. Excuse me. Still getting over a cough. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Just Uh, a cough. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Oh, uh, also that scene kind of sets up, uh, or at least bookends what uh, the thing is that, you know, turns the military against Jake, which is that he also attacks a bulldozer when it's taking down trees, secret trees.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It it ties into that. It actually makes that moment where he does that more meaningful because it ties Mm -hmm. into Nateri's past with her sister. Uh, So, that's actually a really neat point uh that comes up from that uh there's a there's a few good set up and payoffs like that uh there's a nice thing where sigourney weaver when they first talk about the uh the valley of souls or whatever they call it which is the place where uh this religious site that the navi have and it's the place that when sigourney weaver is dying they take her on her avatar and try and transfer her over to her avatar body permanently so she's the soul save her uh, and it fails seemingly uh, although she does get to like connect to like uh you uh, are the uh, you know the spiritual like what they what they call the green from swamp thing, which is like the living memory of the all the the plant life and the earth, uh, or not earth in this case. You, you know Pandora. what I mean? Pandora. Did, did they call dirt Pandora because we call dirt Earth? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> Technically, we can't call it Earth. Like if you're on Mars, you can't call it
1: Dirt Earth.
0: It's not. Mm-hmm. It's actually not. <laughs> it's Mars.
1: <laughs> Maybe they do, and they. And they, if you're on Mars and you refer to Earth as Terran, like they do. Oh, everything yeah. movies.
0: Yeah, true. I like that. <laughs> well do you know what I like about the Terran thing, this is a slightly off topic little point, but what I like about that is that in sci fi stories, we always seem to call people from another planet. Like so, you know, we call uh you know, so like in uh I pick a pick a sci fi thing. So in Star Trek, for example, uh, Vulcans come from the planet Vulcan. Uh Not not true with Klingons and Matilda, they've got a completely different name, but a Mm. lot of them come from a planet that's... For the most part. Yeah. yeah. I I like the idea of Terra and Terran being a thing, because it makes us equal to them. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't... I mean, yeah, you can call us Earthers, but that's not the name of our species. You know, we're human, right? So, I don't know, I kind of like that Terra and Terran puts us on the equal playing field to all the other planets in these sci-fi stories. I kind of like that. Uh, But then again, we're not calling the Na'vi Pandorans, are we? We're calling them Na'vi, Uh, so... (laughs) Um, good job, Cameron. <laughs>
1: uh, although there are plenty of things that are, like, have a name that the humans have given them and also a name that the Navi refer to them That's as. true,
0: that's true, yeah. Like, even
1: the, the flying dragon things, they're like, oh, we call them Banshees, but they're called, obviously, on on the planet, they, they call them something else. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't remember what it is, but... Yeah, uh... So, yeah,
0: yeah, the point I was getting to with the Screw Weaver thing, though, is that um, earlier on, there's a joke where when she first hears that Jake might be going there, she's like, oh, man, I'd, I, I would die to get a sample. So then when she's been carried in dying, there's like a little callback to it where she's like, oh, I need to get a sample. But it's like a, it's a nice little reminder for the audience that, oh, this is that place that she cared about. And now she's here and it might she, save she her life. She
1: literally had to die to go yeah. in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but she does say that when she was like, when the transfer was attempted, that she did in some way connect to... Iwa and felt that it's real. Like this connection, that this living memory that connects them all, does exist. It is a scientific, you know, measurable thing. It does exist. It's not just some spirit that they're all chanting to, uh which is you know, which is 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 interesting. And it's also the reason why that that theory doesn't kill Jake when she first sees him because she's going to shoot him with the arrow, and then you know, a little. You know the speck of light thing the jellyfish the little,
1: yeah the little seed jellyfish thing that floats
0: yeah just to, a little
1: bit like a like a dandelion scene you
0: know he, he was saying no this guy this guy is pure of spirit and should be kept alive and uh mm-hmm. you know obviously that kicks start their whole thing so that's
1: why i was thinking maybe that's why uh sigorna weaver's in the sequel because her yeah. consciousness seems to go into Awa. Or into the world,
0: Do you know, I was thinking the, that the thing is. I was thinking that as well. It was only when I looked at the MDB for the second movie that I remembered hearing she's playing a different character. Uh so I think that just yeah, not, Now, how Stephen Lang's back, I have no idea. I'm glad he is.
1: Maybe there's going to be like a Stephen Lang equivalent in the Navi that, you know, is going to be our, our baddie again.
0: <laughs> I mean he's listed as the uh uh, you know, as the same character, but I don't know if that's just IMDb, like, guessing, and, like, you know.
1: Maybe flashbacks? Or...
0: I, I, he's listed for all the sequels.
1: Okay, what if there's, like, <laughs> it's, it's been a little while since we've had an Avatar movie, so maybe there's, like, a montage in the beginning to get everybody caught up. <laughs> I wonder... There's <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I've i got a feeling that there's going to be something that en- ends up with either him and a, an avatar body of his own. Maybe not in a V1, though. Maybe he'll be in, like, a red body or something. Like, some sort of, like, villainous-looking equivalent. <laughs> maybe quibble.
1: Iwa also took him. Maybe,
0: yeah. Maybe he's, like, he's... Or maybe it was, like, a villainous version of Eva Or not Eva, Iwa. Iwa. Iwa? Iwa.
1: Iwa.
0: Iya? Iya. <laughs> hey Enya's music goes well with Pandora I can imagine listening to Enya as all these you know magic mountains and waterfalls yeah, totally. are happening
1: uh, I probably would have suited better than uh, Celine Dion though I love Celine Dion <laughs> when her song started though I was like oh yeah Celine Dion <laughs>
0: yeah yeah uh, so like I think there there is a lot of like smart uh, even if the story is pretty simple and pretty old hat and you know I, I think some of the slower parts of the movie b- bizarrely I think in the weakest part of the movie is when jake first meets natiri like that like section up until a certain point up until maybe we start getting like some proper growth and some montages of him like becoming an av that's probably i think the, the slowest section of the film for me and i think part of it is just because it is kind of going through the motions of that part of all these types of story and it's probably the least even though you get to see like some cool alien birds and stuff it it's probably the part that's the least unique to it so there's everything else in it feels like it's uniquely avatar in the sense that okay you've got this idea of traveling into the other body so that when that's used mechanically or you get james cameron in action it's like okay this is when it feels like it's its own thing uh when it's just doing the that that raw bit in the middle that is just the you know the pocahontist dances with wolves part that's the part when it does feel the the dullest i guess uh, that you know to use a word
1: yeah, I guess. I mean, obviously the ending, which is very long in this film, but it is very exciting, is, yes. is, 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 you know, is going to be more engaging and the beginning where you're just like, what is this place? What is this world is also going to be more engaging. And the middle stuff is like going through the, the beats. But I I did remember when I was watching this today, I was thinking a lot of these parts, I'm reminded of what it felt like to watch in 3D, mm-hmm. which is not as exciting now, <laughs> watching it in 2D. You know, the, especially the learning to fly parts and exploring the world, or even when like Pandora lights up at night for the first time, and stuff like that, and just you know watching it with the 3D tech, which was used very very well in this movie. Even for someone like you that doesn't like 3D, I'm sure well, you it, enjoyed watching it.
0: It was shot in 3D, and the, the funny thing is, is that most 3D movies that came out for the next few years that basically sullied everyone's opinion on it were all conversions from being shot in 2D. You know, barring the odd exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah like I, I i like i'm probably not even going to see the new one in 3d because i just don't care about 3d uh anymore and
1: well i mean if james cameron wants me to watch his movie in 3d then i will <laughs> if that's how he thinks we should watch it um oh, maybe, Which, maybe. I, I know the ticket i bought is 3d i assume the imax one is going to be 3d also Probably, it probably will be. I,
0: yeah. I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just say, maybe I'll get in the mood and be like, you know what, I'll, I'll make the exception and do this one in three D because Cameron wants me to see it in three D. But uh, right now, Has I'm he just said like said
1: that. Has he said like you? Because obviously, when the first one came out, he's like watching three D, right? But like, I mean, he I invented this technology for us, to, for you guys to enjoy <laughs> watching three D.
0: He spent so much time developing the tech and like promoting that, that I have to assume that he wants us to, <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So
1: yeah, I think watching it today in 2D on my television was not quite as exciting as watching it uh, in 3D, my first 3D movie experience.
0: Here's the, here's the thing, though. Uh, I almost don't want to see it for the first time in 3D, though, because I think if the movie's good and if it works, it doesn't need the 3D, and it should hold up without it. And I do think the movie maybe, does hold up you without it. Maybe should watch it twice. Maybe I should. I'll uh, uh, watch it
1: twice before we review.
0: You've already set yeah. that up, though.
1: I I might even watch it three times. <laughs> if i can convince my friend to go with me on thursday night although well, i have to like buy tickets now
0: <laughs> yes uh I, I um you know we're, we're going through all the characters there and we're, you know, we're setting up all these things obviously there's some other cool action elements they've got uh, and you know i, I think there's an, a very obvious comparison to make with the aliens and that cameron very much likes the idea of a mech suit because obviously you had the uh the power loader and aliens, and he's returned to that here with actual military mechsuits that are just an advanced version of that, effectively, you know, uh, Right around. Yeah, wh-
1: I mean, I like that this planet is so alien that people can't breathe on it. Also, you have to have some sort of enclosure. So, I I think that's pretty cool. Plus, the Navi are like twice the size of humans. Yeah. So maybe they have to have something to even like feel like they might be a threat if they're the military. You know.
0: Yeah, and also the. Uh, the, the the whole thing with the rebreathers is, is i do kind of like that it's not like instant death like it's not like you know total recall where arnold's eyes start popping out of his head instantly it's more mm-hmm. like no because if there's, there's one point that it's one of my favorite moments with Stephen in the whole movie yeah I,
1: where, know. I was gonna bring it up where
0: he <laughs> just like, it's when they're making their escape and he notices it and he just kicks the door open and goes out and starts firing shots because he thinks he's a badass and just holds his yeah. breath for like 30 seconds to do it uh and eventually like some grunt runs it goes sir sir you you're breather <laughs> and he's like he's still yeah like,
1: and he still like takes his time yeah right? he's still like
0: yeah uh, it's, it's uh, honestly <laughs> all the action in the last third is fantastic like uh like the, the navi assault and all the jets and like you know uh you know planes jets helicopters i don't even know what you call them because they're kind of mixtures of both but <laughs> they're they're kind
1: of like the quinjet i guess huh
0: yeah kind of quinjet-esque um yeah. but you know they, they're doing all these things there's a great big moment when uh turns out the other main navi we get to know uh just uh who who's the one who's kind of betrothed in the theory to begin with uh, and doesn't like jake he's, very
1: much She's Cocoam. From
0: <laughs> well he's kind of the Billy. i actually kind of looked at him as being the uh he's kind of the nevi equivalent to norm's character and that mm-hmm. jake's showing up and kind of taking like his role that he's supposed to have
1: and he's not happy about it uh yeah until they you know the growth of like now he is better at this and okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: well he kind of wins
0: it kind of wins both him and norm over ultimately uh but his, his big death moment where he like sort of like jumps, the music's going and he jumps onto the back of one of the planes and he starts just like swiping stabbing at, like the soldiers yeah, it's a
1: great slow-mo shot
0: yeah uh, but eventually he gets shot and, you know, falls off. And again, it's this idea of he's very good at being a warrior, but ultimately he can't, he can't stand up to against too many people with big machine guns. Eventually he's going to get mowed down. And that's mm-hmm. the, you know, that's the the, the ultimate thing. But it's, it's this great big moment. Um, but once it becomes, you know, like, he heard Jake's, like, prayer for, like, help, because that's when he says to Ewa, he connects to it, and we'll talk about all the physical stuff uh, in a bit, but he connects to it and he says, like where i come from there's no green left like they ruined it and they're going to try and do the same here so please help like this is like you know we're fighting for you as much as we are like the Navi people and sure enough like you know Natiri's almost about to get like you know killed by like the the, the 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 troops and all these big ram aliens that we saw earlier they're, they're, they're like elephants with ram heads i mean i say ram heads i don't mean like the head of a ram i mean they More have
1: like a hammerhead shark
0: yeah a bone but when I say ram, I mean because it's made for ramming. <laughs> that's what I'm getting yeah. at. They, they ram into things.
1: It's meant to clear floors. <laughs> <Yes. out>. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so they they come right at them and you know, we get the birds and stuff all come in. And uh, all that's great. But like what I really appreciated is when Jake like eventually jumps on to like some of the planes and throws in some grenades into the, like, the the exhaust and things to make them blow up. He eventually, it all looks good. But when he eventually gets to the main one, which is the one that uh, the colonel's on, and the colonel's like good enough at doing what he does that he like you know he's able to throw you know he, he tilts the plane so that jake slips but one of the grenades actually gets into one of the vents anyways and like everything that happens in this sequence which is then the colonel running out to the mech suit and trying to like gear up and like having to close it just in time as the explosion happens and part of his face gets burned and the like all of it all the way down to the, the ground which then the fight is like him in the mech suit taking on the t who's come in to rescue jake who's knocked out at this point um and like she i mean not even to mention that she's riding the, the scary monster from earlier on who's now an ally because he connected all the the animals together to like form pandora avengers to take on the military <laughs> but like she's yeah. pinned down and like he's gonna stab her and then jake jumps in like all of this action is so well directed and it, all of its paced expertly where it feels it has that that great feeling of like obviously so much thought had to go into every step of this but so much of it feels natural and off the cuff in the moment you know Mm -hmm. where it'll you know the the explosion catches lying at an odd angle or that um when it's jake just in the navi form versus him in the mech suit he picks up like the exploded weapon that he dropped till it uses a shield against his big knife and then you know there's back and forth with that Mm -hmm. all of it's so good in fact one of my favorite visuals of the entire film is right near the end. It's when uh, Natarre holding Jake's human body. Is she actually like, rushes. Yeah,
1: I love that that shot, and she still like she still sees him. Like they, they actually have that line together, yeah. you know. But yeah. just the scale of her holding him, this tiny per <laughs> this tiny human that she's in love with, and like having a shared moment. Like I I love that. It's such a beautiful scene. It's a
0: great visual. It's just this idea that she's, she's trying to wake him up, and she finally realizes that it's the human form that's in trouble. And she, like, mm-hmm. rushes over and, like, gets the breather for him. And it's—I mean, even just, like, without the breathing issue, like, this idea that he is this very vulnerable person because he's, he's smaller just because humans are smaller, but he's also got this extra—you know, his legs don't work.
1: And she's never seen him like this
0: before. No, yeah. no. And she's, like, truly protecting him. Like, he's truly in her her arms uh, and, like, like she had to save him. In fact, one of the things that I noticed in this viewing that I really liked is, um, so— so the night they have quote-unquote sex, right, where she takes them to the this other beautiful site that's important to the people. This is the part that the bulldoze that kind of kickstarts the war. Because uh, Stephen Lang's decided he's going to do this intentionally. It's implied, it's implied, at least, that he's done this intentionally to provoke them so that everything will kick off and he gets to have his war, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the night before, they have sex, if you know the way Navi have sex, in this forest where they connect their tail lights together and they're sort of like Hair together... Sex yeah it's all very and there's a there's a little joke early on where I didn't
1: mean to wear braids for this by the way <laughs> <laughs> it was just coincidence <laughs>
0: they have their navi sex and it's this beautiful you know all the lights are going off scene and he obviously goes back to human form and he goes to sleep right that's kind of the the the, the schedule of it I kind of like that as the bulldozer coming in, he's not waking up because this is when he's eating his eggs and stuff. And he's uh, he's, he's desperate to go back. Super tense. Yeah. He's desperate to go back because he's excited to see Natiri again. But she is like screaming, please, Jake, wake up, wake up, because the bulldozer are coming. And he's like so vulnerable here. Um, I love this idea that the night after they've gotten this close where it's like, oh, no, this is not just like she's teaching him because she's been tasked to teach the outsider. Uh, this has become a genuine connection where he he even he wakes up when he becomes human again, he goes, Oh, what, what are you doing, Jake? Like you're getting too close, you're beginning to feel too many things and you're you're losing your humanity to an extent. Of course the, the moral of the story is, is that no, he's actually gaining humanity because he's being kind and he's being empathetic and so on and so on. But this idea that this reminder that he's not really one of them because he, he won't wake up because he's what they call a dream walker. He only w- wakes up in this body when he's asleep in the other one. And that's why he's not waking up. Um, it happens like the morning after they've just had this intimate moment. And I, I, and as this happens, the bulldozer's coming in and this is like, this force is connected to him because this is other humans, you know? Uh, I, I thought that was a really neat thing like for her character is like, she maybe has forgotten that he's also a human. And I think that's partly why it's so beautiful to me when she finally like, protects the human version of him. It's like, mm-hmm. not only is she in love with him, she's accepting of like the other part of him as well. It's not just like, I'm forgetting who you really are to just be, to, to love the illusion. I'm accepting that this is also part of you. And yeah, the movie ends with him becoming full on, 100% Navi at the end, but this, this is a beautiful moment because it's like accepting of the other part of him, uh, which has been this 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 divide between them the whole movie, you
1: know? Yeah, I, I, it is. Um, it's just such a great moment. It's so well shot and just, yeah, seeing the vulnerable. The vulnerable side of him not just as like yeah he's he can't breathe but also you know his legs don't work and she's like seeing this for the first time and um he's just ex- he needs extra protection in his human form and you know at this point he's become like the <laughs> like the Moa of this <laughs> of, of this uh uh, uh tribe and like he you know he's riding the 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 big dragon that no no one else can ride except for like very you know handful of navi in the past and um yeah he's he's become this great warrior and hero and like almost a i I don't know like a um not biblical but like a (laughs) like religious figure, you know, because of all the things he's able to do and and here he is she like she sees his human form and he's just this small weak person that is just so strong on the inside you know it's just it's like the ableist um um it, not argument but like uh it's an argument against ableism, you know like everybody just has so much to offer and you know just because somebody uh can't do it physically like they still have. So much inside I, of them.
0: I think that's why that new scene at the start with him like picking the fight with the guy, even though it's it's a little cheesy and that it's really on the nose of like ah oh, some tough guy's like slapped his girlfriend and he's going to go over and you know be the protector, but. The fact that—I think what I like about it is because instead of talking to him, he just pulls the stool and just—because he knows that he needs an advantage because, you he, know, he's in a wheelchair. So he's like, no, this is my tactic. I'm going to make him <laughs> t- fall and just jump on him and start punching the shit out of him. I think that scene sets up what you are just talking about, which is yeah. that he's willing to try and do anything regardless of, of his mm-hmm. situation. Um, it's all
1: about heart, you know?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> I Also, the, the scene—I mean, you just. Did- I mean, I think he went for like 15 minutes about (laughs) it went through like 45 minutes of the movie, but like, uh, this, the scene where like, uh, uh, the animals and stuff come to help where it's not just, uh, it's not just human versus Navi anymore. It's humans versus Pandora. And, uh, it, that scene always, or not always, because I've only seen it twice, but like that scene also like made me start crying (laughs) because (laughs) I was just so happy. It, It just, it reminds me of, uh. It's like the Rohirrim with Gandalf on the on the hill during you know the two towers during the Battle of Helm's Deep, which is a great you know battle in in movie history. And I know you don't like those films, but like <laughs> that that moment, that like yeah, you know, <laughs> just when everything feels hopeless, you know that you have more on your side. And in this case, it's like it's the planet. You know, the planet is. Uh, don't don't forget about you know the about about the world that you're from. Like there's we not it's not just us you know we share this world which is the message obviously in this movie that you know humans have have lost because uh you know earth is very different now versus like pandora which hasn't made all the mistakes yet and they are just so connected to their planet and like every like literally everything around them they can connect to um so yeah i love that moment Narciss, anyway, yeah. we can go back to it
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, by all means go back to earth and i because you know i, I think <laughs> It's, I don't think it's a movie we want to go through beat by beat anyway, and no, we've already <laughs> been talking for like ninety minutes. Uh, you know, without doing that, and I think it's because one, because the plot's so simple. that I, I think it's just going to specific moments or like like threads throughout that you want to discuss just makes more sense to me. And uh, I, I think the thread of the the main romance it, is pretty strong, and mainly because I think. When they use the mechanics, I really like stuff, which is why I also think the last hour, it, it kind of kicks up a notch. I think this mechanic of the humans are vulnerable, they're, oh, sorry, their human bodies are vulnerable when they're being a Navi is quite interesting. Or this idea mm-hmm. that they can be, you know, if they're pulled out, then that Navi body just drops. And that's something that's, you know, what, once we get into that last sort of third of the movie, happens a few times and it's something, it's like a constant... It's like okay, you've set up this mechanic, and I love mechanics and like sci-fi and like and supernatural stuff because when there's rules to it that are easy to understand like that, there's this jeopardy. There's that moment in the fight when he like he, like he's staring down Jake and Jake's kind of holding his own, where Stephen Lang just kind of turns around and starts going for his body in the in the trailer because he's like, yeah, if I just grab you,
1: all he has to do really is yeah. is break the window because now the atmosphere is coming in and yeah. what is his body going to do? He can't do anything.
0: Yeah, and that's why you sort of see, like, uh, like the body of Jake start to, like, sort of struggle to breathe. And then, like, uh, you know, Avatar Jake starts to, like, stumble because it's like, oh, he's he's kind of been pulled back kind of, like, gradually. You know, rather than, like, a clean disconnection like normally happens, it's more like a sort of gradual because it's sort of falling apart.
1: He's got to, like, save both versions of himself because Stephen Lang has him by the throat and he's going to stab him. He's going to stab his, you know, avatar Jake. But then, like, regular Jake's going to die of suffocation beforehand. So, I, yeah, it's this huge, like, threatening moment to to both.
0: And I do think it's important thematically that Natiri is the one that gets to kill him. I love
1: that scene, too, yeah.
0: Because because, it's, because because ultimately, it's true. Like, this isn't Jake's people truly yet. This is her fight to win. And, you know, like, her people's fight to win. So I think it actually... Is really nice that it is one of the Navi that do get to beat the villain at the end.
1: With uh, an arrow. Not with, yeah. like, technology. Not with a gun. Not with a giant mech suit. Just an <laughs> arrow.
0: Yeah. Although mech suits are cool, so I'm okay with them still using them to some extent next movie.
1: Well, yeah. It's just, fun. you know, the yeah. technology versus, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what they have.
0: <laughs> Which, and that's, that's the other thing. Going back to, the, you know, he has heart and he's willing to keep doing things. and There is, like, a slight negative part to that. Uh, and I I am speaking here from experience, actually, you know, growing up in a house with a dad who had MS and was in a wheelchair, is that, yeah, so, sometimes people who are in wheelchairs uh, are, are some, something similar, but this is my experience specifically, and it's obviously similar to Jake, because, again, he's in a wheelchair, is this idea of, I don't need help, I can do it myself, almost to like a sometimes an overly stubborn, and not everyone's like this, obviously, but I think it is relatively common to find in people who are in that situation they're determined to prove they don't need help because they, they they don't want to feel pity they don't want to feel the sympathy and you see that i think in jake in this movie early on where someone offers help getting into the the pod and he's like no i can do it myself and you know he, i think the other part of this ending where like natiri comes and has to save him is like he's accepting of the being saved he, you know, he doesn't like feel in any way like you know he's, he's been pitied here it feels like no no he needed saved he needed help like there was no way he could do this on his own um and he, he's accepting of that help and i think that's the other thing about the navi is that they are you know then the the iwa like that connects all the life on the planet is that it's all about connecting into the system and all being helping each other right it's not mm-hmm. being about this solo lonesome and i think if anything like that could improve the film in a, in a little bit is the idea that he does build this ragtag crew almost like he's got michelle rodriguez he's got norm he's got sigourney weaver he's got the other scientist who's kind of there <laughs> like all of them coming together to help and then even the navi that end up helping him that you know in- initially didn't like him very much like maybe he could drive that theme home a bit more that he does build a family in, in both sides of this like both the human side and in the v side he builds like mm-hmm. comrades that are there from and i think that's also kind of a critique of the military because Right at the start, he's like, oh, yeah, like, you never... Like, maybe you technically aren't a Marine anymore, but you never stop. You never forget the discipline. You never forget the attitude. And the whole idea of military is that it's pumped into you, right? That you are part of this, this team. You're part of the military. You're part of, your know, your squad. You're, you're, you're fighting for the country and all oh, this together. Yeah.
1: If, if Stephen Lang was in my, like, military troop, I would have been, like, rah, rah, let's go also. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I think the idea is, is that he felt abandoned by all... Even though he, like... He gets a taste of it again when he's been offered all these things by Stephen Lang. And he, he almost, like, he, he jumps at the chance to work for him because he's like, hell yes, sir, because he almost feels useful again. I think that's mm-hmm. why it's, it's appealing to him. As it's tempting to him again. He feels a part of that again, like he can offer something. And I think the critique of that sort of, like, almost the facade of that in the military in the movie is that the real connections he makes with both the humans and the Navi when they actually have a cause to fight for that's real, that's not just one that he's been told to have a cause for. He's not just doing it for money. Mm-hmm is the one that's real. It's the one that he actually connects with. So there, there are layers to this movie that, that do exist. I don't think it's as deep, and it's definitely not as good as The Terminator or 2 or Aliens or, or even
1: The Abyss, I, w- I would argue. Um, but It's been a long time since I've seen The Abyss. I have seen it more than I've seen Avatar, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what it was to say that I don't
0: think it's Cameron's best movie. Um, I do think that there are things you can critique in it. But I think there's a lot of good elements in it, and I think there's a lot of them there that work together well enough that, you know, I, th- I think the main reason why it works is simply the spectacle and how well it's directed, but I think there are layers there that give it a bit more than
1: that. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially as, like, I know, obviously, James Cameron is a huge environmentalist, especially since, like, post-Titanic, when he was mm. getting really into his underwater stuff and... um that you know the the environmental message in this movie is pretty hard to ignore as well like everybody is literally connected to their planet and to everything that lives there i love when like jake is is facing off versus this giant like cat like creature that wants to kill him and so he has to like uh fight against it and it's it's natiri that has to to kill it to protect jake and she's like it didn't have to die it shouldn't have had to die but like you don't know oh. what you're doing you know yeah. it's you're the reason it's dead and, I, and I'm and i angry at you for it
0: yeah actually it's because like, uh, I think you're mixing up the two monsters here because the, the cat like monster is the one that he jumps off the waterfall from and then that's the one that Natiri rides later on that's the one that comes back yes. and offers I-,
1: I thought that was the same thing
0: no 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 no. the one the one that she that he kills or she kills to save him oh they're, they're more th- like smaller
1: the hyena like hyena-like yeah yeah, or, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're more like uh that's the one he escapes from and then yeah
0: yeah it comes back later because it so comes back at night. and you think think oh it's going to attack Nateri, the but then it sort of leans down to be like hey hop on like we're, we're in this we're allies yeah. now uh very, very toothless actually i like got a little uh from uh, a tree of dragon
1: i was thinking of how to train your dragon just from the flying scenes because those are very that's dragon-like. true
0: that's true that's true they are very <laughs> dragon like uh and as you mentioned you sort of like um brush past us earlier but uh the way he wins them back because they don't trust them after the home tree thing as he decides to go after the big dragon that, that no one can ride except like like I think they said it's only happened five times since their recorded history that like someone's been able to like tame one of these these big flying things. And he does that to prove, no, we can do this. And that ties back into the he's willing to try even if something seems impossible, right? He's willing yeah. to, to leap even though he physically can. And that's <laughs> kind of what makes you, you know, in theory root for him. You know? So there there are there are there's a lot of thought in the script there there absolutely is I think in some ways it gets pared down and is simplified enough that I understand why people don't see it as much but I do think it is there and I do think that all of these things are probably going to be expanded upon in the sequel and part of why I'm kind of really pumped for the sequel is that now that we've got all the introduction out of the way it's like well okay, what are we doing now like like what if he's got a saga of like four more movies planned like what what is this next movie? Like, what are we doing?
1: I, yeah, I am so excited. I mean, there is a chance that I'll be disappointed for some reason, but I don't think so. Like, honestly, I am really excited to see what his next story is in this. I mean, well, especially after just watching this one, I'm like, yeah, I, I love Pandora. I'm, I'm ready to go back.
0: So, some people who obviously don't like this movie and are quite jaded with it obviously won't think this is much of a statement, but I do generally go into this next one thinking it's going to be better not because i think this one's bad I, I i think like i say it's not my favorite camera movie by any means but,
1: but it has to be original
0: yeah but it, like it, just because he set the world up now that my gut instinct is just like okay now he just gets to tell a better story in it now he gets if, to t-
1: if he's got like 15 hours worth of story worth of scripts like he's gotta have uh, something good right <laughs> yeah you you would think and yeah, you know, I I don't know. <laughs> it's James Cameron, like he knows how to write movies.
0: <laughs> I I don't know what 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 level of like expectation I have, or like at what point I am disappointed, but still think it's good, or it meets my expectations, or it exceeds them, or whatever. But my gut does kind of go back to like my terrifier comparison of like, okay, you set it up now, now uh, go nuts with it, and you know that, that that's yeah, that's well, where I'm at with so. it. So I guess so, uh, and. Um. <laughs> so I, I i am very uh excited and optimistic about avatar way of the War. i really am uh i think this first one is a really solid movie that gets the spectacle right it's very well directed the visuals by and large hold up really well there's the odd thing there's the odd animation that maybe doesn't quite hold up and like a cg face and the Navi or whatever but by and large like things look very expensive and they feel high quality
1: all this time later uh and that's it that looks, is yeah it looks beautiful uh, i have no complaints about the visuals of the film like i i didn't even really notice any like bad cg faces while yeah watching uh, it but uh oh by the way it's uh,
0: uh sute the uh the other navi that dies that was going to you know who was who didn't like uh silly so at first uh he's played by the guy who plays mm on the boys which i did not know until i checked who it was and i was like oh
1: that's cool <laughs> that is cool
0: um so, it's just one of those yeah. things, yeah. It's the same as CCH Pounder, I didn't know it was her until I checked today. I was like, oh! And then then I heard the voice and went, oh yeah, I can hear her voice who, now.
1: Who plays her dad? Because it was a voice that was familiar. Uh, Wes, he sounded like uh, Chief Powhatan from from Pocahontas also. Uh,
0: Wes Studio. Oh, I don't know yeah, where he's it's,
1: from. It's, I think that it is him,
0: actually. He was in Last of the Mohicans, which doesn't surprise me.
1: Oh, oh he, I know exactly who he is, yeah. He was
0: in Deep Rising, we just did that.
1: I don't remember him in Deep Rising. He was, the, for it. he was the head of the villains. Oh, that was him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like the main uh, villain in uh, Last of the Mohicans. Oh, ah, okay. okay. But he was okay. much younger then, so that's I guess that's why I didn't recognize him. I just want to see if he's in Po-po-po-po-po. No, it's not him in Pocahontas. Yeah. So,
0: you know, as far you know, obviously there's a lot of small characters as well uh, that you just kind of recognize from the military side of the movie. Um, And I think it's notable their reactions when they see Jake at the start is very much like, he he shouldn't be here.
1: He's also in Dances with Wolves. (laughs) I just want to throw that out there. (laughs) that's the movie everything gets compared to. Oh,
0: okay. I've never seen Dances with Wolves. I just know it's compared to a lot. Uh, But yeah. um, So.
1: You know, one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to it is kind of, to the sequel is kind of selfish um, for me. and and maybe we'll turn some people off but like i i love that cameron is an environmentalist and he made you know this beautiful world where it's like respect your mother earth you know because she has a lot to offer and we share this planet but now also james cameron's a vegan so i feel like there's gonna be a vegan message in the new one now if it's not there i'm not going to say i'm disappointed i'm just i'm kind of expecting it because that is a huge part of like environmental impact yeah well, this just... one seems to be more about water obviously but
0: i mean the thing is though is like you know like it's kind of addressed in this movie where there's hunting and killing going on but it's very much uh respect what you kill we kill it for a purpose uh you know
1: yeah like, <laughs> that the, the, is think thing i enjoyed watching though
0: the series whole thing about you know like this is not a good kill because you know it, it didn't have to die it, but you know it's your stupidity that got us here um, whereas, you know, when it's a good kill, it's like, okay, no, we're killing this for food, that's its purpose, and we respect that it's offered as this, and it's all part of the life cycle.
1: Yeah, the the noble savage, like, we say a prayer thing to make this okay is not, like, a thing that, I, a trope that I enjoy watching on screen still. Yeah, that, know, that's that, that, that's a complaint I still have. Yeah, but that that, 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 very, that, like,
0: that is based on real things, though, right? Like, that's real cultures that have done that in the past.
1: Maybe, I don't know. It might also just be sort of like a, uh like the white man's version of certain cultures like i don't know okay okay well like there are like uh like halal and i think in in, like the middle east and stuff where they slaughter animals and say a prayer uh while they do it so that's still a current practice
0: yeah. But, what, but what it's I'm, very brutal. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that this movie's already established like the the Navi's like outlook on this. I don't think it's going to suddenly change in the next movie. It might. Because
1: I, 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 I mean the writer and director has changed his views, so And there, there it looks like they're going to a different like tribe in this one also.
0: I, I just I d I I don't think I don't I don't think it's going to factor in, but I mean maybe there'll be a vegan message <laughs> of some kind. But I I I, I don't
1: Maybe, maybe. But i can tell you, I know it was selfish and I know it's going to turn people off, but like, I am excited for it.
0: Because I, 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 like, I, I don't think anything of when something's set in the past and it's a time where people had to hunt for food, I don't think, all oh, those bastards, like, they should be vegan. Like, it makes sense. No, of course and, not. Yeah. And the, the, the Navi in this world, like, they don't necessarily have industrial farming <laughs> so like no. i get it it's fine like i i i i, I don't think i think likewise i don't think cameron unless they've do- unless that's one of the things that the humans have taught them how to do is like farm in that level that they don't have to do it anymore i don't think it'll necessarily even like mention it i don't have i go down that path but i mean i don't know maybe maybe it will maybe it'll maybe i'll uh, care so I mean, much maybe, about uh, it
1: i mean it's called the way of water one of the biggest um i mean the thing that the the um the beans that we kill the most of every year for food is fish. And it is, we are overfishing our oceans um, for food. So that might be a message. Yeah. It might um, be the fish are friends, not food message. <laughs> 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 it,
0: it may very, I mean, that's more lately. I think, I, I think, I, I think the commentary of like uh, overfishing and maybe stuff like oil spells and like, mm-hmm. I could see that all slipping into Trash, this movie the, yeah. easily. Yeah. Like, i, I think i think that is far more likely to be a big factor in this way of the water thematically oh, yeah, yeah. than uh specifically the vegan side but like, you know
1: <laughs> you're right i mean a lot of people aren't ready for the message so he might leave it out just for political reasons but i i i don't know i'm, I'm feeling maybe i'm thinking maybe 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 by five <laughs> when five comes out <laughs> he'll just straight out say it <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't think it's not because he doesn't want to promote the message i think it's just because it doesn't fit necessarily in the world that he's already set up is all i'm saying
1: <laughs> maybe other tribes are are, are vegan already maybe,
0: yeah, maybe we'll meet another
1: tribe and they'll they'll have their own thoughts and ideas um it, i don't know from the trailer it seems like they're going to like a tribe that stays mostly around the water yeah yeah that makes sense um
0: so no i i, I am excited about all these other... uh but just on on this uh original film Uh, a little bit just to wrap it up and you know rate it Um, you know we didn't mention Sigourney Weaver too much obviously she's a very capable hand she's very strong stream presence whenever she's on Um, so like obviously not sad to see her there if anything you know I'm always excited when some directors have the regulars that they bring back like honestly like if he was good
1: luck charm for him
0: (laughs) if he was alive I have no doubt Paxton would have like popped up at some point like, I have well, no doubt. He,
1: he was alive in 2009, wasn't he?
0: Well, yeah, 2009. But, like, he wasn't going to put all of his regulars in the first one. He picked Sigourney.
1: You know Michael Bean's still around?
0: Sure, so is Lance Henriksen. Uh, we, we've got options. <laughs> we've
1: got options. I definitely uh, thought Lance Henriksen was dead, like, 10 years ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he does look pretty old, but he's a very work He's, he's still making... He's he's in, like, 50 directed video movies a year. That man is churning <laughs> right, through yeah. jobs. Uh, but you know I, I, I would not be surprised it's just so funny though that it's been like 13 years by the time this comes out since the first one that like Zulia Saldana was like new when the Avatar came out because uh, yeah, it was the star same, now, yeah. it was the same year as Star Trek and that was kind of her introduction and now it's like oh she's been around for ages now like she's you know she's an actress who's like touching 40 probably at this point <laughs>
1: yeah I'm sure yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so it's just it's just kind of funny how much time has passed and like this is where we are but,
1: I imagine, I mean, it looks like they have children in this one from the trailer, it, Yeah, so. it, it looks they're, like t- they're also teenagers. I don't know how the Na'vi age. Like, maybe their teenagers are, like, age five. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we don't know what the scale of time is like for their growth. But yeah, it, it, it does seem like the real amount of time might have passed between the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or something close to it, anyway.
1: I wonder if they'll get into, like, if Jake's body, since his body was... You know, design It was like cloned in a scientific experiment to age quickly so that he can be an adult by the time. I think it takes five years for the ship to get there, right? And he, he mentions like, oh, they got bigger because they were just babies <laughs> before. So I wonder if he ages differently. Like maybe he ages faster oh, yeah, than the, the rest of them.
0: So I was just clarify what you meant there. The Navi the bodies that they were had a test tube, but uh, on yes. the trip to pandora yeah yeah
1: yeah to like um, a full-size adult so but
0: maybe maybe they speed it up though because they need to grow them
1: yeah but then does it does it keep accelerating like were the, oh, were the bodies always meant to only last like 10 10 15 years and then I, that,
0: expire? F- that feels like a plot for like avatar 5 rather than two. <laughs> like <laughs> like for him to realize that he's got a limited time date
1: because yeah. of this yeah like a body, replicant not a naturally born one
0: like a yeah. replicant. that's like a, an end... I don't know, maybe. maybe. But that feels like something... Maybe they'll hint at it, but I, that feels like something for like, you know, a later, like near the end sequel. <laughs> um, unless they're going to pass the torch to his son or something and like, he'll he'll, he'll leave. But I, um, I... I would suspect that although because he is this weird hybrid and he's not necessarily a, a, like a, a natural Navi body, that maybe it has some special qualities then maybe he can do something that the rest of the Navi can't do. Uh... For example, maybe like his V body can like breathe oxygen in a way that like, you know, because you know how like they need like the mass to like breathe properly in Pandora atmosphere. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe if like maybe if there's a human ship that comes, because it looks like there's going to be more human like of some kind in the sequel. I wonder if they come back as some sort of retaliation or something, because uh, it takes, you know, you know, like you said, it takes five years to make the trip. So by the time they go back and they find out what's happened on Pandora, it's like, okay, gear up everyone, we're going back to fight. You know another five we years back just leave
1: this this resource yeah there.
0: yeah so so that means that it would be 10 years before like the the reinforcements like come back effectively you know so mm, it could be could a 10-year jump it could be yeah?
1: right yeah
0: um so i wonder if like uh, uh, so the reason why i'm saying all this is that i'm wondering if it's like maybe a, like an element where the tea goes onto like an earth ship and the earth atmosphere on the ship but he can breathe it because his body is actually partly human still because it was like made with human dna too so I wonder if they'll maybe play with that—that that he has some like weird advantages by being different to the rest of them, or maybe they're kids. Maybe, what if uh, Natiri and Jake's kids are?
1: They're like mutant babies.
0: Yeah, they're kind of different. They've got special qualities because they come from two worlds, and that could be part of the message: is that yeah, like us all connecting is the best thing for you know the diversity is what leads the world forward.
1: Do you, I wish I, I we knew more about like the the rest of Pandora's animals that work like because they all have the little the little hair squiggly things mm-hmm. that connect to that's true yeah, yeah but we don't really see them connect to other things you know except for the navi the navi are the only ones that connect to anything but like it would be interesting if like if these these glowy trees were all around and like animals connected to it too just instinctively like that's where they sleep or something or every well, now and they- then they have to migrate to an area that's maybe
0: they, maybe they do we just don't see it in the movie
1: yeah it's insane i'm like i'd like to see more of that because we didn't get any of it it is
0: interesting though when you think about it though that they like they use the same thing they use for sex but they also connected to animals to bond with them for like your horse riding or flying or whatever it -hmm. is like uh, imagine an earth where us and all mammals had like a port that synced up (laughs) that's because that's effectively what they have they they all have this same connection that that connects with every would, species obviously
1: we would be very empathetic towards our planet and our other anim- animals that we share with, with I
0: mean there's some people who try to make things fit with uh <laughs> species
1: we don't have to go into
0: that <laughs> I, I, i'm just i'm just saying uh you know pandemics happen because something <laughs> nefarious starts somewhere <laughs>
1: If this port's always been around, <laughs> then I don't think that would be an issue. <laughs> that would have happened a long time ago. That's true, that's true. would have died out, yeah. That's true, that's true. <laughs> uh,
0: but that is, I suppose, the interesting difference, all in just things looking different and being colorful and, like, you know, different shapes and whatnot, is that every species on the planet seemingly has this, you know, compatible port.
1: Well, I mean, they would still have to have some form of genitalia other than the hair though right like the hair connects the minds but it doesn't connect like the body
0: i assume uh, yeah i assume that the, the still genitalia of some even though you don't really see it maybe it pops out you know maybe it hides and it comes out when it's when it's ready to go but <laughs> i i i kind of took the the sex experience as being like so we just we've been doing babylon 5 like, the, the other way that the telepaths also links you know psychically when they're having sex and it's more intense because they can feel what each other is feeling I'm, I'm thinking it's kind of like that, where it's like you've got the physical part of it, but then like this connection between them through the 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 hair, or don't even the hair, it's the tails, right? Uh, like, yes. is it the hair?
1: Well, it's 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 like something that comes out of the the neck or like the the base where the hair, right? That's is that, okay, okay. And it, it looks like hair because they braided in with the hair around it, but then the women also have longer hair that's just hair.
0: Yes. I I think yeah. I just uh I kept I kept swapping in my head if I thought it was the tailor, the, the braid. But yeah, regardless. Uh, the the point I'm making though is that there's the physical side of it, but then there's the, the sort of telepathic almost connection between their their squigglies hooking up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the squiggly bits. <laughs>
0: the squiggly bits so you know i i i think uh there's, there's there's a lot of yeah like it's funny you know we're, we're hitting two hours here in this conversation and some of it's been talking about the sequel admittedly but there is a lot of interesting little bits of like world building and mythology even though it doesn't seem that deep from like a yeah, you because know, normally we talk about world building, we talk about political parties, we talk about how the structure of the world is. Here, because they do seem kind of like classic, like, sort of tribes, and yeah, it's hinted at that there's other tribes, and that's how they get, like, a big army at the end, is they go around and, like... Because, you know, it's just this one of the world tree that's the main tribe that we look at for the whole movie. Uh, whose name I'm forgetting, because it's, you know, an alien word that I can't remember. But they then go around to other tribes to, like, build their army for the big third-act fight... And seemingly in the second movie, we're going to get like, you know, the, the the group of people who live out by the water and like all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm excited. And we'll get another. I, I love how it's kind of like, uh, you know, so so they the, the connect with their horse type animal to ride and then they connect with like a flying creature to fly. And I'm like, oh, so that's like, he's he's like, I was thinking of Batman under here because it's like bat pod, bat plane. <laughs> and then in the sequel, they're going to have the bat uh, boat because they're going to connect to the whale. Yeah. They're going to connect <laughs> yeah. to the, you know, a fish type creature um so it's funny uh and because because they said that yeah they, they can connect to any of the horsey creatures but the the birds like once someone's connected to one of those creatures that creature will only ever fly with that that person that navi uh i think that's quite interesting as a you know as a, a yeah, bond. there's a
1: bond yeah
0: yeah which again is kind of like how or you train like, your dragon when i think of. Like, uh,
1: <laughs> like birds will have uh imprinting so maybe it's mm. sort of taken from that where they can imprint on who, uh, on someone. It doesn't even have to be oh, another mm. bird, you know.
0: I'm, just, I'm getting Twilight flashbacks from the word imprinting. Mm.
1: Yeah, I heard rumor about that. I haven't actually watched mm. uh, the movies where that's a thing.
0: A lot of problematic uh, <laughs> questions arise.
1: Are dogs known for imprinting? I thought it was just a bird thing.
0: I don't know, but there's imprinting, and they're impr- and I, I don't know what it says when you're imprinting on someone who is like, you know underage, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say underage but yes, is a newly born baby there's <laughs> <laughs> so a lot, lot of wild things going on here um, yeah as uh, you know, like, I, I think the movie has its its cheesier moments there's some lines of dialogue that are a bit on the nose there's a few characters that are a bit thin and I think Sam Martin as an actor as a leading man is just fine I don't think he's particularly good but I don't think he's bad either, I think he's just kind of Obviously, he's helped a lot by having a good director direct him. Like that, obviously, yeah. is like I think if you look at Sam Martin in something like Clash of the Titans, you're like, oh god! Like you can see how much Cameron like helps about ba- like, not a bad actor, but like a, you know a mediocre actor, right? I,
1: I don't hate that movie. <sighs> <sighs> your credibility. I don't, I don't hate that movie. Your credibility is I in saw the that toilet. Movie and I went, this was a pretty good movie, and then all of a sudden I realized everybody hates it. I went. Oh, Aww. I don't know. And then I saw the sequel, and I kind of felt the same way. Like I kind of like the sequel too.
0: Mm, I'm just glad it's not sci-fi, so we don't have to. I do feel it.
1: that way about Waterworld also. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, I think Waterworld's a great movie. Water, no, Waterworld shit, but it's an interesting. It's more. It's a more interesting bad movie. So there's something to talk about with that at least.
1: Waterworld's good.
0: Which is which yeah. is good because we have to do it at some point because it's a sci-fi movie. But... but also,
1: um, this is this is. Taylor Kitsch, I think, but I also kind of like John Carter of Mars. I remember thinking, like, because it was such a bomb and, like, oh. uh, reviews were bad and then I went, I finally, like, rented it and watched it and went, why do people hate it? Like, it's fine.
0: I don't <laughs> remember a single thing but I felt nothing watching that movie. That's all I can tell you. I can't tell you any of the plot. I can just tell you I felt nothing whilst watching it.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I, I like what I like.
0: <laughs> you have ruined so much of your credibility. Uh, on this review I'm just going to say it.
1: maybe I represent a lot of people a lot of people are just like you know sometimes people are just too hard on movies <laughs> oh. Tara for the audio
0: people Tara is holding up a copy of joining the monica on Blu-ray that she purchased uh, so just the context the
1: white version I haven't watched it yet that one
0: didn't work <laughs> uh, we're getting away from the, the subject here which is we're going to rate Avatar out of 10 so uh, you're up <laughs>
1: I love Avatar. I'm uh, so glad that this was the next movie on the list, regardless of whether or not there is a sequel. Because was about time I revisited it and reassured myself that I was right to defend Avatar the, this past 13 years. Because I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think you know creating a new world is is hard, and like this is so well thought out. Uh, obviously, the, the characters are, are great, and the um, Every, all the all the different layers that we went through I mean this was a pretty decent discussion and it was it's just there's so it's so rich right it's just such a rich world that that, that he's created with his team and uh, so satisfying as like a sci-fi fan and like an environmentalist and I just I, I uh, yeah I, I'm proud to be an avatar defender and I'll give it a 9
0: out of 10 okay uh I like Avatar a lot. I liked it a lot at the time. Uh I still like it a lot now. Uh it does it's not perfect. I don't think all the characters are as developed as they should be. And you know, Sam Martin's just a, you know, an okay lead actor. But uh all the positives that I've given, the sense of spectacle and the the big moments uh more than make it a, a very fulfilling ride. And like you said, we have sat here and talked about it for quite a while. Some of that conversation was a little silly, but a lot of it was actually proper, you know, analysis of some of the things that the film is doing and how it's uh, setting up its its characters and paying off its themes and all that. So I will give it a healthy 8.5 out of 10.
1: Ooh, I notice your rating's gone down. It's just a smidge. Just a smidge. Is it because I gave it a nine and you have to be lower than me?
0: I decided on my number before we started the review. Get over yourself. (laughs) Um, I
1: I know how you are. That's all.
0: (laughs) I think you'll find that I I look back in my youth and think that I, I basically think I overrated everything barring a few things up until I was about 20.
1: Well, when when you watch something, uh, I mean, recency, recency bias is a real thing. Absolutely. Like, even this yeah. year, I'll go back and be like, mm, that's more of this now that I had some time to think about it. Recency C- bias, my...
0: and I think at the time I was so excited for a new Cameron movie that I think there was a there was a special magic in the air okay, around like, it. If,
1: if I gave this movie a 10, would you uh-huh. have given it a 9?
0: No, Because 8. that's like
1: one point lower than me.
0: No, no, no. I, there's still been an 8.5. That's why I decided.
1: I'm skeptical. <laughs> you can't <laughs> shut up. You can't say that. Yes,
0: I can You can't just say no. I don't believe you. You were, you were never going to give it this. No, it's an eight point five to me. What? Um, you know, it is Cameron's like fifth best movie, which you know,
1: you know, which is fine. I think I, honestly, like, I probably like this one a bit more than Terminator Two. That's a bold. It's just more me. bold. I oh, sure, uh, I that's more of like a father son movie, even though there is a literal relationship with the mother, but like, <laughs> I I don't know, but like, I, I, maybe it's also a recency bias thing, but like, I, I just love Pandora. I wish I can go there, but, um, I can't because the only Pandora that exists is in inside of a zoo. So I will never go. Uh, all right. <laughs> one in animal kingdom in Florida you can go to pandora
0: yeah well uh, you know i like aliens all-timer terminator all-timer terminator 2 fantastic abyss uh, fantastic i wish i could watch it again come on cameron where's my cut uh or my new remaster true lies. uh true Eyes. I-, I would probably put avatar uh, it's been a while since i watched it i'd probably put avatar above true Eyes. if i watch true lies again i might find the nostalgia and the fun factor of it might just
1: sort of go over it's- but Stephen lang is pretty up there but it might be my favorite villain he's
0: yeah. so funny uh yeah you, know, you know if i if, you know hearing bill paxton yell that he's got a tiny dick though like that's that you know there's just there's so many good <laughs> moments uh true lies. uh so
1: <laughs> so it might be his best performance yeah
0: yeah but I, you know i i think both of them i like more than titanic titanic's my least favorite i say that though having not seen piranha 2 just put that,
1: you know, <laughs> keep that in mind. I'm yeah, not... I've never seen it either, but it's a Cameron sequel, so it must be great, right? I don't think it's really a, I mean, Cameron directed,
0: I don't think it's really a Cameron movie, though, if that Rainbow makes 2? sense.
1: James Cameron, not directed, but he wrote it.
0: He just wrote it, and it's easily much worse than everything he directed.
1: <laughs> yeah. He definitely wrote it, and was like, "I don't care about this. Let's just make it an action movie." <laughs> Rambo is a very different character now.
0: Yeah, like, like I think first uh, Rambo, First Blood Part Two is a fun enough movie, but it is nothing compared to First Blood, and it's very clear oh, why. First Blood is so good. It's very clear why he picked Aliens to direct over the second Rambo. Right? He picked know, the right one.
1: I know it's a tangent, but like. I, I like, refused to watch the Rambo movies because I thought they were so cheesy and stupid based on, like, the covers and stuff. And I, when I watched First Blood, I was just like, oh, this is, like, a drama. (laughs) Like, this is a really good movie. (laughs) I was so shocked and resistant to the Rambo films for so long when I finally watched First Blood. I I mean, on
0: yeah, on that subject, there's obviously some Vietnam comparisons and, and oh, avatar yeah, totally. <laughs> i don't think we mentioned that too much we, I,
1: I, I mean how can you not like with all the uh i don't know like just like the you can compare it to apocalypse now like with all the, yeah. the napalm scenes you know when they're taking out the trees just the environment whatever just wipe it clean we're yeah. at war now
0: yeah so there you go that's avatar that's 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 what turned out to be an epic length review of of the film <laughs> and thoughts on the sequel and whatnot. So yes by all means, uh complain in the comments about how much you don't like Avatar, because I expect that's what we're going to find. <laughs> and uh but uh still like, subscribe and ding the bell and all that stuff, because it helps us out a lot if you do that. And also you can hit the super thanks button or go to patreon.com slash mailfuss TV and support us for as little as well anything really. But you know, you get you get you get goodies starting at $3 per month, including bonus episodes um and a monthly show called meltdown which uh has us just talking about different movies we've watched over the month and we do a sci-fi quiz with each other uh fun times so yeah uh, go and go and see if you're interested and all of that um so yeah uh i guess just to sum all this up uh james cameron rules and Zack snyder is a hack uh th- 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 i'll end <laughs> on that
1: Zack snyder drools
0: <laughs> i wasn't trying to say that i, mean, I was <laughs> <laughs> i had my own cadence that i wanted to deliver and i feel like i nailed it um avatar is better than anything Zack snyder has ever touched the end i just it's so weird to me there's people out there who defend like batman v superman and shit on avatar and i just don't get it i just don't i can't fathom it anyway Yeah, yeah uh this is uh this is a bit podcast talking about Avatar. Look out in two weeks for the review of Avatar: Way of the Water, which I suspect will be a meaty discussion about the uh, everything in the film. So, thank you very we much.
1: Have something next time, or?
0: yeah, of course we do. Okay, it's, uh, uh, do it's a,
1: a movie, it? a sci-fi
0: movie, or <laughs> <laughs> it's a sci-fi podcast. Of course, it's a sci-fi movie. What
1: are we do? What are we do next time?
0: We're doing Rise of the Planet of the Apes.
1: Woo!
0: We're finally going back. We did, obviously we did the original five, we did the remake, so we're finally making a start on the, the modern trilogy. So Booyah. Yes, yes, yes. It's basically Tara's Christmas present. <laughs> Thank
1: you.
0: She begs she begged to go back to the apes and I'm like, fine, we'll do Rise of the Planet of the Apes in between the avatars.
1: That's what I asked Santa for. <laughs>
0: Anywho, that is the show. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer at Salsa.